Blog Talk Radio. Do you believe that America has become too politically correct? Von Wehunt speaks truth to power. Do you see the coming of our political and economic demise? Von Wehunt speaks bluntly about the need to correct America's course quickly. And now, broadcasting from the Eagle's Nest, a man who makes no excuses for putting America first. Here's your host, Von Wehunt the Barbarian. America, we are always a world at war. The barbarian is here tonight. Never forget, friends, that a government takes away guns when it intends to cause harm to its citizens. I am General Von Wehunt, your Germanic warlord, over the radio airwaves, and your host of this nationwide pirate radio show where we talk directly to the people. We are infamous, rogue, and legendary. This is the show where eagles dare. Tonight, my stormtroopers surround the studio with their machine guns loaded, ready for any attack that could befall us. As I broadcast my message loud and clear to the nation and now to 27 countries worldwide. We are strong and we are legion. The sounds of the German army, the sounds of the Allies in World War II. It's Bastille Day in France. The revolution back in the day after our revolution in America. And today they honored four Americans who stormed the beaches during D-Day. Our great, brave American soldiers who did their duty in a time of war and chaos, political turmoil worldwide. The French government graciously bestowed their highest honor to four American military men of World War II fame. And for that, we can be proud. 
We always support our legendary troops. For in World War II, if those soldiers could see what happened to the West and to America in the prism or, say, a time capsule, the space-time continuum, and they're alive to see it today, many of them are shocked, and they are torn to pieces, and they will tell you to your face, America, that this is not, I repeat, not the country that we fought for. We're glad to get the French medals, France's highest honor, by the way, bestowed upon our troops. But I've seen World War II video and testimony and interview of our veteran soldiers, some who break down and cry, some who wring their hands and look forlorn into the camera. And they'll tell you to your face, Mr. and Mrs. America, this is not the country that we fought for. We fought for a better country. We fought for a cleaner country. We fought for even a more moral country, a more productive country, a more prosperous country. Yet, what do we see all around us? We see drugs, invasion by the third world, encroaching on every town and city in America. We see fentanyl coming over our border by the cartels in Mexico and by China via the passageway of the Pacific Ocean. They're flooding our streets with drugs. It's asymmetrical warfare. They kill our citizens. Cartels are assisting China and vice versa with payoffs and laundered money, make money to send people over here, and then they kidnap their relatives in Mexico and torture them for even more money, and they make money on the front end and the back end and sideways against the middle. America is the big prize. These World War II veterans that got their awards today in France Oh, what a great ceremony it was. I watched it on TV. Proud veterans. But they were interviewed after the ceremony, and they said, we thank the French government, but no more of these wars where we get a medal, but our country goes down the drain, and our country gets gutted and flayed and shanked torn to pieces by globalist forces that we had no knowledge of back in 1944, June 6th on D-Day. We had no idea that they would ever attack our nation from within the Trojan horse, always brought up in history. Beware of the Trojan horse you let inside your country. Well, Thought you would uh, like to know how I stand on that. That war was a dumb war. There is no such thing as the great war or the good war. A brother war is not good. And America is still paying off World War II today. Unbelievable. The carnage. The loss of life. Innocent. Talk about collateral damage. 
The Allies bombed everything that moved in Europe. It wasn't the Nazis. It wasn't the Germans. I can prove it to you because the Luftwaffe was destroyed. Know your history, people. The Luftwaffe did not bomb everything in Europe. The Allies did. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. They bombed everything that moved. Cattle, towns, people, cities. And back then, they, it wasn't all their fault. They had no knowledge of precision bombing or those bombs were sloppy. They'd fly a half mile off course and hit an orphanage. Worse than Ukraine. A million Ukraines packed into one was World War II. Well, we also support our veterans. We support our troops, the real military, the real troops. But when you look in the prism, if you will, of history and you look back, it's just amazing. I always ask myself, what did we actually fight for? I don't see where we've gained anything from World War II. I see where the world has regressed, gone down the spiral, the death spiral of economy, social order, politics, courts. My God, were these guys fighting for the degenerate gay and trans lifestyles? Were they fighting for diversity? Were they fighting for the third world and multiracialism to invade America at every turn? America has always been a generous country when it comes to immigrants. We've let people come in. We've let, we looked the other way when they wanted to work. A few here, a few there, a few thousand or whatever. We're a big, gracious country. We have lots of land. We needed the workers, farm workers, come in, check in, check out. But this, have you been seeing the news in Texas? Texas border is under complete, utter invasion. And these aren't families bringing in their little children. These are military-age men here. They could easily be a proxy army for the U.N. or the Democrat Party or God knows who at some point in time. They're coming in by the tens of thousands. It's no mere, you know, Juan Valdez, you know, riding his burrow into America. It's a real invasion. And to call anything less just shows how disingenuous the media really is. Well, my friends, we have gained several ISP numbers from a new country to the Von Weekend. We've had several hits from a world superpower. It is that of Vladimir Putin's mighty Russia. We've had several hits from Russia. They are listening to the Von Weekend show. This isn't a VPN trick or any kind of trickery. This came up uh, in our last stats, and we've got several stats in China, by, by the way, well over 50. Um, I'm sure they're huddling around their radios, listening, or their, their contraband radios in both those countries, because President Xi of China is cracking down, and so is Putin in their own country. They're cracking down on any outside information like this show. Well, I thought you'd find that very interesting. We're growing and growing and growing. Our international audience is nearly 10% now of our radio audience. I knew the international 
scene would love the show because we have no censor. It's raw. There's no program director telling me what to say or do. Our callers are not heavily screened. You know as well as I do, you call up some radio shows. You say one thing controversial, say, oh, get them off the air. Can't go there. Our sponsors might get mad. The program director or the owner of the radio station might get mad. We talk about these taboo subjects, which are many. For your average rhino talk show host, many are listening tonight trying to figure out why their shows suck. If you talk about anything other than RNC talking points, you know they get nervous, they yank you off the air. Don't you dare talk about World War II. Don't you dare talk about history that's favorable to American colonialism or imperialism or manifest destiny. Don't you dare talk about race or creed. Don't you dare talk about Trump or MAGA. Don't talk about things that might look favorable to certain groups. It's got to be right down the middle and a little left of center is where they feel comfortable. Oh, they'll bring up a few things like limited government and cut your taxes. But they don't really mean it. They just say it. they got to pay lip service to it. Well, on my show, with General Von Wehunt, I would tell my army, we will obliterate our enemies and defeat them. We will see them driven before us in chains. We hear the lamentations of the normies in our midst. Europa, under siege. I do like that song by Two Steps of Hell called The Protectors of the Earth. It's played on this show. Let it be known far and wide that we will ruthlessly defend our own. We have yet to even begin to fight back in any meaningful way. Because right now we are smack dab in the middle of the information propaganda war. It's not a kinetic war. We don't want it to be. We're the, we're the peaceful people. We're the law-abiding group. We believe in the rule of law and law and order. But I would say, when the gauntlet is thrown down someday, worldwide they will see the hurricane amassed against them. There's an old saying which goes like this. If your voice held no absolute power, then they would not try to silence you. Think about that. Well, a man wrote the show, and he said, Von Wehunt, great show. Love your callers in the show. But I sincerely hope, sir, that this country peacefully splits apart. But we know that it won't. He said, prepare for a 1991 Balkan War scenario where the entire continent and many countries become ungovernable. Yours truly. Signs his name. He signs his name as Mr. Army. I get a lot of great comments during the week. Please keep those Cards and letters coming. Well, he's got a point, which I've told you before, that the balkanization of, of America, in my view, on this current trajectory, 
is what the um, what they would call fait accompli, what the French would call that. The fait accompli, now what's going to happen because no country can survive with this level of invasion, this level of corruption. We're a great country. We love a lot of things about America. What you hear on this show is critique. We want America to be better. We want more freedom and more liberty. We want better leaders. It's my quest for a better nation. That's why. That's the whole premise of the Von Wien Show is a quest for a better nation. But I always warn you, I always tell you to get prepared because there's no guarantee of anything. No guarantee that America is going to be around for 250 more years. There's no guarantee we're going to have peaceful elections that everybody abides by. There's no guarantees of anything. It's wide open. So you put that in your pipe and smoke it as well. Because if you look at the scene, I mean, it doesn't bode well. We have a lot of undercurrent in America. A lot of groups uh, on the left want to completely annihilate and quash the right wing. We've got them already passing, trying to pass a law in Congress, making it virtually illegal for you to question, just question elections. They're they're slowly but surely getting to that point where they're going to make it illegal if you verbally or in writing state that you did not feel the last election was fair and equitable. It's 1984, an idiocracy, and planet of the apes, all wrapped into one. That's America today, and you can go look for it yourself. They're trying to get these laws passed, the Democrats. They don't want you to question them. But we will question them. F them. They don't like it, so screw them. We'll do what we want. That's where they're headed. So you need to know that as part of the Von Wehunt Army and special forces out there. You're my dramatic wolves all over the country. We are the, uh, we take the news, we'll spin it, we'll talk about it, we'll kick it around, check under the hood, we'll talk about it. Nothing's off the table on this show. Everything is fair game. We will be the equal opportunity offender, if you will. But you know what? All this aid going to Ukraine, they're getting billions of our dollars, right? But what if American citizens identified as Ukrainians? Would we get help that we need now on Main Street, USA? Can we identify as Ukrainians, for God's sakes, and get billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars for our high Biden gas prices, the Biden inflation, high food prices, high rent High home, home prices. It's all going through the roof. Why can't we get some of that cash? Why is the cash only good for foreign countries like Ukraine, all over the world, Israel, other nations in the third world get our cash? Why can't Americans get some cash, some real cash? We're never thought about. We're always thought last. Never first. They always think of foreign countries first. Never. They never saw a bill giving money overseas that they did not like. Congress loves to feel international, 
the Imperial Congress doling out money all over the world, but not for us. And that has got to change. Oh, yes. Now, the country of Chile in South America has now approved a law protecting the, get this, the employment rights of mutants and genetically modified humans. <laughs> Coming to a Congress near you, America, Democrats will definitely uh, piggyback on that, and they'll have a law protecting aliens and mutants and all kinds of genetic freaks of nature. It's going to happen. Famine could explode in the cartel country of Mexico, yes. And it looks like a race to the bottom as America is rushing now to keep up with Mexico. I say, como senor? Mucho gusto. They say down there. Nice to meet you in English. Well, I do know Pequito Espanol. I have to, being in the invasion lands of um, Mexico, they call L.A. Mexico City North, by the way. A little bit of local southwest slang for those that live in other parts of the country and the world. Well, the Democrats talk to you about the liberal world order. Well, this is what an American liberal world order looks like under Democrat control. Lawlessness in our cities. They want to groom children for a life of crime and degeneracy. Hellhole Democrat cities where innocent children 
are forced to walk through homeless, druggy, tense cities where they shoot up heroin and meth and hurl insults at them. Wow, what a wonderful country those World War II vets fought for. Hmm? They weren't thinking of that when they stormed the beaches in Normandy, I guarantee you that. So we would give them a, a pass there on all fronts. It's not their fault. They were duped by a corrupt government. And Russian news tonight. We know Russia is the new listener of the Von Wehen Show. So Vladimir Putin, have a shot for me, buddy, in the Kremlin. And uh, now they'll call this show, as it's in Russian collusion. <laughs> like they did with Trump. We're now in Russian collusion. Yeah, right. Well, Russia takes the Satan to hypersonic nuclear missiles into their, their thick Russian forest. For imminent new tests, it says, amid warning that the weapons are about to go into serial, very serious production. Putin wants more hypersonic missiles. He knows that a war is coming. Why? Because America is pushing him into war. You can look at the situation very objectively as I can, and I can see where we are making a lot of the dumb moves. We're really putting our nation at risk. In fact, many of you caught this during the week that the uh, city of New York has got a promo out in case of nuclear war. It says, go inside, get shelter. Yeah, you're going to get shelter while you're being radiated at a million degrees. Great, great going. Uh, but that's just to make people feel good so they can sleep at night. We all know they're going to be fried if they're ever attacked by a Satan II missile in the uh, what Nostradamus called the New City or New York City. Unbelievable. Well, Putin's space chief said that the doomsday weapon was in production last month. Mr. Ruggison has said that the hypersonic 208-ton 15,880-mile-per-hour missile is on schedule, Herr Putin. He threatened Boris that if the Brits use their Sarmat missile system, that there will be no one to stow your hair. Um, the Russian Ministry of Defense went on to issue a very late-night press statement most Americans are ignorant of, not to their own doing. I don't mean that in a negative way. They're just too busy with life and trying to, pay the high prices of Biden inflation. But I catch this stuff as your host because it's my job. The Russian Ministry of Defense said that we are on the verge of an immediate armed conflict with the United States. Their words, not mine, not fear porn. It's not doomsday, gloom and doom talk. Get those thoughts out of your head. I take this stuff direct from the Kremlin. This is their statement, not mine. It's not what I wish they would have said. I wish they would have said, let's all have ice cream, sit around, sing Kumbaya, and forget about this war in Ukraine, and move on with our lives. But no, um, they are very serious because they feel that they're pushed into a corner. One thing our military analysts who think they're so smart don't have really, they really underestimated the Russian mind. Uh, they feel cornered like a cornered animal. Well, the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs also issued a statement that says the United States and its allies, again, that word allies from World War II, are teetering on the brink of an open military conflict with Moscow, which would be fraught with nuclear tensions. Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova said in a statement on Tuesday. Well, 
you know, some of this could be bluster and conjecture, sure. The Kremlin is known for a bit of bluster, as so is the Pentagon. But if you really boil it down, when, when nations start talking about uh, nuclear war and how they could survive it and how they want to attack you, we're getting threats weekly, if you notice, from the Kremlin and from the Red Chinese Communists. Weekly threats from both nations. And either I would threaten them back or I would really double our defense spending and we better get some better weapons here real fast. Because we could be in a shooting war with either one of those countries here before Biden gets out of office. And I believe that's what they want. They want to plunge America into a war because then everyone's going to forget about Hunter Biden and the laptop. Everyone's going to forget about Clinton, Obama, and Hillary. Everyone's going to forget about the bad economy. Everyone's going to forget about uh, all the things that they want you to forget about. And they're willing to sacrifice 100 million lives. Remember, these are satanic, demonic, elite people who do not care one iota about 100 million Americans dying in a war, or 50 million, or 1 million, or even 10,000. They don't care. I'm, I, I know it's hard to believe for some of you people out there in, in the flyover country, but trust me, they do not care. To them, it's all part of what they call their calculus, their equation. They've already factored you in as dying off, and you're part of the collateral damage for their bigger political agenda. See, their political agenda trumps you, pun intended, and it trumps all of us. Well, we saw the Uvalde, Texas um, video this week. Um, Well, I could talk for hours on that, but all I got to say is, can anything look more fake or more contrived or more bogus? Um, That video is the definition of coward. Look, you got a, an alleged gunman down the hallway. I see police officers checking their cell phone. I give him a pass on that because, again, it could be his boss texting him. But when they go grab the hand sanitizer, that's, my, that's the classic one. The cop stops in the middle of the hallway, and he grabs the hand sanitizer, and he makes sure his hands are clean before he walks into a dirty school to, to, to uh, try to go against a crazy demonic gunman killing children. Those, this doesn't add up, man. I mean, no panic in his eyes. Nope, just casually walks over, grabs a hand sanitizer. No big deal, not a care in the world. La-di-da, la-di-da. Walks over to his side of the hallway. So he, he, he doesn't want to get dirty when he's about to go on the attack. Just amazing. So I'm watching this going. They run down the hallway. They hear shots. They run back like cowards. Now, I know cops have a hard job. But I'll just say this. been said it before. If you sign up to be a police officer, somewhere in the application, I would have a blurb or a statement saying, you agree that your job can be dangerous. You agree that if you hear shots in a school or a supermarket, that you will run to the shots and take out the gunman, not that you will wait for backup. Being a police officer or a military infantryman, or joining the Navy is not about your pension. Hate to burst your bubble. It's not about you looking important, wearing a badge, and carrying a gun. It's not about you feeling tough and getting respect while everyone goes, I back the blue, I back the blue. And they salute you, and Boy Scouts salute you. Well, all that's wonderful and cool and a perk of the job, maybe. Bottom line is, it's not supposed to be a simple job where you get a pension. If you wanted a job like that, then join the post office. Okay? Capiche? Why don't you become a postal carrier? 
if you don't want any danger, still the federal government, you can work for the government. Why don't you work behind a desk? Okay? Why don't you become a dog catcher? But that's probably too dangerous for some of those guys, too. Too dangerous, okay? We don't want to get shot at. Well, I got a wife and kids, Von Wendt. I got to get my pension. Don't you understand? Yeah, I get it. But you're on the wrong job if you want to get a pension. Well, the only job that I could get, they would say, in my, in my locale. Well, too bad. When kids are being shot, it's your job to put your life on the line and go in there and take out the gunman with deadly force, lethal force. If you're in the military, if you're on a ship, God forbid, I don't want you to be in war. We, but if it is attacked, you could be killed. You need, you need to know that. If you're in a tank, you could be shot at. If you're in the military, you could go to war. Part of the deal, okay? My uncles went to World War II. My father, when he signed up, he noticed that he lied about his age and signed up. And a few years later, about age 19, they shipped his ass over to Korea. Well, you're in the military, boy. Hop on that plane. We were going to go to Korea. Beef up across his, his forces. This ain't no game. Get on the damn plane. We're, we're taking off. Air Force pilot yelled at them, get in position, strap in, we're leaving at dawn. President's orders, not a game. So that's how the real military was. Then a few years later, my dad went to Vietnam, shipped out again in the late 1960s, after the Tet, well, during, right before the Tet Offensive, under LBJ, because he was there for the Tet Offensive where LBJ sent over half a million American troops to Vietnam in the late 60s. So these things happen, okay? So it's not about your pension or your retirement. We want you to, by all means, be safe. We support the real hardworking military and police officers, but this idea of them not wanting to go into harm's way really rubs America raw. So if you're really afraid of going into harm's way, you're in the wrong line of business, put it that way. It's like, it's like telling a surgeon, if you're afraid to cut somebody open and get into those organs to take out the cancer, you're in the wrong business too, buddy. You got to know where to cut and how to do it. It's life. Amazing, that video. Well, we'll move on. There's so many things to talk about tonight. It's unreal. The congressional hearings. You've been watching this fiasco. It's not really a trial, but I call it the Stalin Show trial. It's the hearings of January the 6th. No cross-examination of the witnesses. Just more, I tell you folks, they're ginning things up. Now, Liz Cheney made a bombshell last week where she said that Trump, allegedly, she dropped the bombshell that Trump personally, personally, Called up a witness, which I don't believe he has people to do that, if, even if it was him. But um, I have a hard time believing that Trump personally called up a witness. If that's not true, Trump should sue her to China, which I'm sure his attorneys are already looking into it. But they're putting all these things out about the Justice Department. They're trying to gin up a criminal case against Trump. I told you before that the Democrats' fantasy is to arrest Trump in Mar-a-Lago, drag him out in chains, drag him out in front of the media in the spotlight, and then they can say, ha, 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 here's your leader, America. Look what we did. MAGA, in your face. 
Your leader is now behind bars, where it really should be Hillary and Obama, Bush 1, Bush 2 maybe, and others thrown in the mix. But no, they want to get Trump. So it's all designed to lead up to a Justice Department inquiry, probably a raid on Mar-a-Lago, and don't think it won't happen. Don't call a show and say it'll never. Don't. you got to stop talking in absolutes. Anything can happen in this country at any time. I've already seen enough crazy stuff in the last 25 years to convince me of that. A lot of things that we never thought would happen have happened and are going to happen. Right now, I told you before, we're in uncharted waters as a nation. The things that you thought that would never happen are going to happen, or real similar things are going to happen, put it that way. Did you ever think we'd have mass shootings every single week? Never did when I was growing up. They want these mass shootings to happen because it's all ginned up to get your guns. Confiscation is the goal. They'll never come out and tell you that. They're not going to spill the beans. People say, well, I never heard them say that. Well, how stupid can you be? They're not going to tip their hat to you as if you're so important or me. They're going to do it clandestinely, covertly. They want to gin things up, get the country where they demand government action. And then the Democrats say, well, the people demand it. We have to get your guns down. And at the same time, they want to water down the Republican Party and make it as weak as possible so there's no real backlash to anything that they do. Or they'll just charge a dollar, tax a bullet, a lot of things they can do. Remember, the Democrats right now control the executive branch, the Senate, and the House. This is where we're at as a nation. Now, Catwoman, if you're out there tonight, I want to get you on the show. The European housewife may make it next week or the week thereafter from Cyprus. And also, we may have a member of Patriot Front this month. We'll see how their schedule goes to come in and talk to us about the recent Idaho and Boston fiasco. Uh, and their march there, of course. Um, but, yeah, so if we got Catwoman, maybe she can come on tonight. I promised her a spot tonight. We had the assassination of the Japanese prime minister. Now, he was called the Trump of Japan. This guy was um, very popular in Japan. The assassin, as you know, had a homemade uh, shotgun. The trigger was by electronic means. Two barrels, muzzle loaded. Very interesting gun. I want to know more about that gun. Well, on my show, everything is on the table. We will talk about from time to time economy, inflation, military, social, political things, race, culture, and creed on my radio variety show. We'll talk about Washington, D.C. politics, state politics, local politics, where every topic basically is game. So they're always constantly lecturing us. As Americans, that Africa is for Africans. How dare you appropriate anything from Africa? And Asia is for Asians. But white countries, they tell us, are for everyone. Why are all white countries for everyone? But other countries are off limits, and they must remain intact with their culture, identity, creed. Is this really what our soldiers fought for during World War II. Well, 
heading back to Europe, the protests are spreading everywhere in Europe right now. That continent is a powder keg. You watch. You watch, man. Italia, my Italian brothers and sisters are on fire. In fuego, as they say. Now, nobody ever says in America that a black neighborhood or a Hispanic neighborhood needs more diversity. Nobody ever says that an Asian neighborhood needs more diversity. But they always say that a white neighborhood must always have more diversity. Isn't that interesting? We're watching this like a hawk. We, we, we know what's going on. We know what's happening. I'll just tell you a little story. They always say that we want America to look like America, right? America must look like America, the Democrats always say. Well, then why is it whenever I look at TV or commercials, African Americans are on almost every print ad, commercial, and movie today. They're even coming out of her with a black Captain America. Oh, yes. But they're only 13% of the population. So they should only then, with that template, be in 13% of the commercials, print ads, movies, etc. If we're truly honest, saying that they must, that America and everything in it must look like America, well, then let's hold everyone to percentages. That's what I would do if I was a congressman. I would try to pass a law about that. We want America to look like America. We want to hold all the companies accountable and make sure they adhere to the real America and what a real America looks like. So if you're Asian, say you're 5% or say you're 2% of the population, then you can only be in 2% of the ads, the movies, the print ads and so on and so on. It's got nothing against Asians or African-Americans or Hispanics. But I love taking what the Democrats say and throwing it right back in their fat face because they talk a big game. But I take what they say and go, you know what, that's not a bad idea. Let's make America look like America. But to do that, we have to overturn the status quo. Well, I'm so glad you're here tonight, folks. We have a big show. If you're a new caller, you get in front in line. We'll have our VIP guest, Catwoman, from Canada on in the next segment. The number is 563-999-3437. When you call the show, I want you to stand and deliver. Tell us what's going on in your locale. Tell us what's happening. We really want to know. We want to know what you think. We want to know everything that you can tell us. It's a little more conversation at time, or it could be a little less conversation. You decide, Mary. A little less conversation, a little more action. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite and a little less spark. A little less fight and a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart and make it satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. 
Baby, close your eyes and listen to the music. Dig to the summer breeze. It's a groove and I can show you how to use it. To come along with me and put your mind at ease. Hey, less conversation, a little more action. All this aggravation and satisfaction. In a little more bite, a little less bark. A little less bite, a little more spark. Set your mouth and open up your heart. Baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Come on, baby, I'm tired of talking. Grab your coat and let's start walking. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Don't procrastinate, don't articulate. Girls get late, you just sit wait around. A little less conversation, a little more action. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less bark. A little less bite, a little more spark. Shut your mouth and open up your heart. Baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Satisfy me, girl. Satisfy me, baby. Satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Satisfy me, girl. Satisfy me. A little bit of the late, great Elvis Presley there. And on my show, we want a little more conversation. With that, let's get to Catwoman in Canada to tell us the news of the day. What's happening, Catwoman? How are you doing tonight? I'm good, Vaughn. Are you How there? are you? Doing great. Good talking to you the other night. And uh, yeah. it's always a pleasure, and I'm glad that um, you're on the show tonight. We had chatted a bit, and I wanted to... You know, it's always good to have, like I was telling you, we want some female callers. We encourage you. I, there's one girl named Steffi who's out there who I've heard about who keeps wanting to call the show. If you're out there, Steffi, call the show tonight. We have other ladies that want to call the show. And I'm going, we're not going to bite, not too hard at least. We're going to, we want you to come on the show and, and um, you know, we're uh, cool to everybody. So uh, what's on your mind tonight? Anything new? Anything going on? Um. Uh, well, for for Canadian news, I guess you know it's it's the same old, same old. Um, they've just they're kind of making steps towards mandating vaccines for travel again and re- reinstating those old mandates. So the the writing's on the wall. We're we're not out of this yet, <laughs> not by a long shot. Um, yeah, I heard. And well. Yeah, and, and actually they're, they they passed a censorship bill, uh, Bill C-10, um, so they can censor whatever online. And um, it, we actually have this anti-hate network, which is actually funded and um, operated by the Jewish Council of Canada. So they hmm. they basically can control everything. Yeah, and it's, it's illegal to, um, to speak the truth. And publicly, actually, they will they they will actually hold you responsible for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah shocker! And, and Can't speak. Yeah. God, God forbid, right? No, no, but our private conversations aren't safe either because Trudeau is taking steps to be able to have access to our our private conversations. So, um, what whatever you have on on Telegram, on WhatsApp, or just anything that's supposed to be private is now uh, um is now just open for the government. Mhm. Oh yeah. Well, Trudeau's a communist so, and Trudeau yeah. loves the control over Canada. 
you know, he's been he's been doing his studies under Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum in Europe, and he uh, is a very yeah. evil man. He has, he was, has that cheesy smile on his face, you know, his that coiffed hair. He always looks like a you know he's trying to he's trying to look like a young movie star on the world stage, trying to look cool. Oh. Really, he's a tyrant in Canada. He loves oh, he he's, sure he, he's a control. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, it, it's just um, I was I was reading this thing. You you were talking about World War Two, and actually, um, a World War Two soldier, a French World War Two soldier. He he's not commonly known. Um, actually, the cartoon Tintin. I'm sure a lot of your listeners mm-hmm. are familiar with Tintin. Was was based on Leon de Grel. And I, I was just reading some stuff from him, and I, ha- I found this quote that I thought was really relevant for today. You know, there's, there's this tension between left and right. Um, but he says, we were never of the left or of the right. For us, a country is not half of its population fighting rapidly against the other half, locally stimulated by rival parties. A country is a nation and not two sides of an electoral body. Dormant for four years and only to awaken during three weeks of frenetic political campaigns. Wow. Did he ever have it bang on? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's just interesting, uh, all this stuff going on in the world. Leon DeGrell, Mm -hmm. tell, tell the folks about Leon DeGrell. Don't ever well, assume our audience a, knows anything, or me. <laughs> well, I, I, do, I don't know. Too, I know. I know a little bit about him. He was a French soldier, but he actually fought for Germany. Um, yes, so he did. He, he saw he saw what National Socialism was doing for Germany, and he he knew that that was the right way, and that he he fought for for Hitler. He did. So that's a fact. And yeah. he, he, he received medals, too, actually. Mm-hmm. He did. And a lot of people, you know, I always tell people, look, every country should, be, should have their own. Didn't we fight the American Revolution, man, for, you know, for self-determination, right? Self-determination. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe every country yeah. should have self-determination. And so this is what Washington said. If we're going to fight a war, he, be, he said, America, beware of foreign entanglements. Let, leave other countries, in other words, to their own devices. Don't get involved in everyone's petty local politics. Because some things work for some countries, and some things don't work for other countries. I'm a big believer of that. Like, for example, in Africa, they need literally to keep that those countries in line. You need an African warlord. You need that mm-hmm. just to keep the population under control because they're so crazy. <laughs> They'll pull out machetes, right, the blink of an eye, and you got to stomp them out. Gaddafi, for example, kept Libya, and he said, if I go, if you assassinate me, you're going to be invaded by the African hordes in Europe. I am your bulwark here in northern Africa. I will keep them at bay. 
He told that to the West on many occasions. What did the West do under Hillary? We went in there and we killed him. And then we wonder why we were flooded in Europe and everywhere else with millions of Africans. Same thing in the Middle mm-hmm. East, Kat. You know, they had those, uh, those Middle Eastern um, chiefs, you know, and dictators like Saddam Hussein, or you got the Saudi Arabian crown prince, you know, who's running things over there now, it sounds like. You've got Iran, the uh, clerics who roll with an iron fist. A lot of the world is barbaric. And they're not civilized. And you need a strong man just to keep your people in line. And yes, are there people who suffer? Yes. But they have for millions of years. Why should we poke our nose in everyone's business? Fast forward to the 1930s. Germany elected Hitler. National Socialism worked for Germany. Now, I wouldn't put that on every country. But again, it was working for them. They were actually, before the war, most Americans were pro-Germany before World War II. Germany had the highest standard of living in the world, far more than America in Britain. And they were, in Britain especially, was pissed because Churchill said that he thought the British, you know, king and queen should rule the world, our British Empire, and how dare these, these German tribes over there across the channel live better than us, eating steak while we're eating porridge. <laughs> like an Oliver Twist tale, you know. And a lot of it was jealousy. And they, and they said we have to, because the Germans could outthink, outmaneuver, outcompete, outwork the British 10 to 1, kick their ass on the world economic stage. And I can't have that. Can't have that. No way. See? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that really was the genesis of a lot of the, People. It had very little to do with, well, it had, had a lot to do with politics, but a lot of it, I've always said, wars are always fought for economic reasons. And there's also petty jealousies. So Hitler had National Socialism, as, as you said. Let's start there. And, you know, the rest of the world had democracy. And um, right now, look at, at, the, uh, at all these so-called Western democracies. They're not very healthy right, right now. You know, look at all the drug use, degeneracy, invasion of third world people. There's nobody that seems to be in control. And that's the, uh, that's the flip side. The Western nations are weak. Nobody can do anything. They're like in a straitjacket. No one, and if you do venture out just a little bit like Trump or some other people, and you're a bull in China shop, they want to slap you down like whack-a-mole. Don't you dare get out of line. We're not supposed to do anything. We're the Western democracies, they, w- they will say. That's not who we are, right? It's crazy, Kat. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I think that national socialism would, would work for any European country. Um, actually, a, a wise man once said that national socialism is tied very closely with traditionalism. You can't really have one without the other. And, and that's what Hitler also implemented in his country. Back to tradition, he created jobs for the men so that they can provide for the family. He very much encouraged the women to stay home. To um, not, not everyone had to get married, and women weren't baby-making machines. He, he did have um, jobs for women as well, but there was a lot of incentives that he put in place for, for people to get married and have kids. Um, 
he he would pay a quarter of their mortgage off for every kid they have. You have four kids, your your mortgage is paid off. Um, if, and that is the backbone of a strong country. And if you look at all the, there's many different countries in Europe, but we're all steeped in those same traditions. I agree. And you know, and, that's, those are all facts. A lot of Americans. We, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I I interrupted you. I think. Well, I was I was going to oh, say, no, look, no. At, look at the yeah. look at the civilizations that we built. We can do it. We've built cathedrals. We've built cities. We've built amazing bridges. We've we've managed to preserve nature at the same time while doing that. Uh, there's I've seen so many pictures from around Europe, and we can take pride in the fact that our ancestors built that. Right. Exactly. Well, I always tell people, you know, history's fascinating, and I'm fascinated by the World War II era. Adolf Hitler was no Boy Scout, people. No one's saying he was a saint, but neither was any other world leader. You think FDR was a saint, really? Who knew about a Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, and there's so much circumstantial evidence now about that, and they wanted, and he did nothing about it, and 3,000 of our servicemen got slaughtered. You think that's wonderful and moral for a greater cause, right, to get America in the war? Stalin was the butcher, killed 100 million people. You've got all those world leaders back then who were nationalists. The gauntlet was thrown down on nationalism. Brutality, you know, all over the world. If you were an alien, I always said, coming, coming to America, you would look at this world, and you would just come here, fly around as they do, and get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's what I would do. These people are nuts. They're crazy. They would look. They have the. If you're so smart to get here from a million light years away, you can beam down and see the crazy mongrels in the street, crazy crime wave, wars everywhere for no reason, slaughter. Why would you want to come here and take over? Really. You might take some gold, some silver, some. But that's why I always laugh. People say they never. I go, they're not going to land, man. The aliens are going to fly in here, buzz around, and say, screw this place. Screw you. And fly well, away. You, you, think, <laughs> you think they would because we're so oppressive, you know? <laughs> but they stay and they I think they're. And then they I think they're afraid way. of us. Is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I think they're kind of afraid of us. <laughs> We're so violent. Probably afraid of us. But I digress. No, you no, you has us tied down. Right, it does. It does. And no, you're right. I mean, um, look, I look at any political I- ideology. I mean, I'm a free enterprise market kind of a guy, but I can, but I can see in Europe, especially where they have a. Bef- in the 1930s and 40s, at least, they had a really a, a homogenous population. In other words, everybody in Austria was a white Austrian, 99.9%, right? Everybody in Denmark was a Dane. Everybody in France was a Frenchman. Everybody in Germany was German. You didn't have all this mass immigration crap. So you could come up and say that uh, that kind of uh, those kinds of leaders would have done very well over there. And the the biggest historical fallacy is that Hitler was going to take over the world 
There's no way anybody has ever taken over the world. Even Alexander the Great could not take over the world. The world's just too big of a place. Don't believe this crap. That it's, all, it's, it's a small world like, you know, the small world after all. Yeah, it's a small world at times, but it's a massive world, massive oceans to, to cross. In other words, Hitler had a hard enough time even during the war to keep Europe intact when the Nazis conquered it for a few years. But um, if you move on today to the Western nations, and we're looking back now, and we have the luxury of doing that. Obviously, you've got to be a man of your time. Well, if I'm a man of my time, Kat, I have the luxury of looking back to the 1940s and seeing the, the, the carnage of the last 70, 75-plus years. And all I've seen is high taxes, tyrannical governments, the West getting weaker and weaker, letting in people that have no business being here. And you're right, we, we uh, developed, the white Europeans developed the West, they developed these great societies, and then they trashed them. They threw them away. They gave up. And they were bought off, and they were paid off, and they were blackmailed. A lot of suitcases full of cash have exchanged hands, in my view, the last four or five decades. A lot of people have been paid off, bought and paid for politicians, bought and paid for generals. America is nothing what it was back in the 1940s. We have fallen so far, and we look so different. And yet, I look at the news, and all I see are politicians, Kat, who want to bring in more and more people into our shores. They can't wait to bring in more people, legal and illegal. And even Trump. We like Trump on our show, but even he was a classic where he kept saying, we need more immigration. He wanted to pay off his business friends to get that cheap labor. Well, I would say Trump, uh, and not you can't blame him. Obama before him, okay, was the worst offender, bringing in half of Somalia, half of Kenya. Bush one, Bush two, Clinton. And now Biden's, Biden has completely opened up the floodgates. So every president is guilty as charged on my show. I don't care what party you're from. They're all guilty of letting in this mass of people that, uh, and they are coming. They heard the, I would say, guys, your advertising has worked. They heard you, man. They're coming. You've been advertising. America's <laughs> open. Man, it, you know, your advertising is better than McDonald's. They heard you, baby, and they're coming. We have hundreds of thousands of people right now marching up to the American border, coming over because they know Biden is the president, and also in your country, Canada, right? Mm -hmm. Aren't yeah. you all being invaded as well? Um, we are, yeah. Over they do it over over the space of a few years, right? So then they make promises of you know 4.6 million refugees from the Middle East over the next five years, and then now it's 2.1 million Somalians over the space of the next couple of years. Um, so they, they do it in increments. Somalians. What is Somalia doing yeah. in Canada, in our state of Minnesota, by, by the way, which will bomb well, the bottom? What millions are, are of Somalians coming to? I want to know why are, yeah, what is the big thing with, they, they are not rocket scientists. Let's just be blunt. They're not surgeons. We don't, they're, they're, they're not engineers. The vast majority, the vast majority are not. There's no need to bring them over here. No need at all. No. Well, this is, this is going to blow up in our face one of these days. And I've warned people that when it does, 
Uh, I can see a scenario like a Jericho scenario, or even beyond that, where there'll be mass deportations of America. There will be the wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's not going to be pretty, and it could very well be in our lifetimes, you know? Mm-hmm. So right now we're watching this very intently, like lions on the safari, watching the hyenas eat America's carcass and Canada's carcass and watching them devour the West. But like in those nature videos, at some point the lion's going to have enough. Everyone's nipping at his tail. Yeah nipping at him. They keep encroaching on his territory. Food that's rightfully his, land that's rightfully his that he's fought for. But the hyenas are coming. And one day the lion's going to kick the living shit out of those hyenas. And when it happens, there'll be no mercy. There will be no recourse. There will be no turning back. It's just going to naturally unfold. And I'm going to be sitting here going... As I predicted, told you so. Don't don't call my show and cry and whine. <laughs> I won't listen to you. I'll say nope. You know, the people that do do that and say why why I'll say where the hell have you been for the last ten ten years? Where the hell have you been? You know. Well, Ken, yeah. you brought up a really good point. You know, a lot of our you know news and history, in my view, as we've talked about before started in World War II. Now, a lot of Americans are ignorant. It's not because you're personally ignorant. Don't send me hate mail. I laugh at a lot of your hate mail, though. We have the haters that are out there. Some people are really in hand. We have a lot of lovers of, of the show, too. But a lot of, what I'm saying is that you weren't taught these things. It's not always your fault, folks. Don't be, think, don't be so sensitive. But I've always told you, if you want to know real history – you got to get educated yourself. You've got to get the education. Don't rely on these public school teachers. A lot of them are really crappy. But what they don't tell you in school is that Adolf Hitler was loved and adored by the German people. He was elected to office. Elected. He did not just seize power. Okay? And they loved him. So... Most Americans were never told that part of the story. And by the way, all this when he invaded Poland, a lot of Americans don't know this either, that the Polish people were taking pot shots at the Germans across the border. A lot of people got killed. There were little skirmishes that went on. And the Polish military thought they were pretty brazen. They, they, they told Germany, we're going to overtake you. We're going to invade your ass. Well, young Hitler said, screw you. You just watch what I want to do to you now. Because when the, the, the deal was that most Americans have been taught that when the Germans invaded Poland to get that border, border again under control, because he believed in strong borders, unlike America. Most people don't know that the communists, the deal was that Stalin went through the eastern part of Poland at the same time. But they never blame Russia for starting World War II, only Germany. Think about that tonight. Do your own history. When, when Germany invaded Poland in the West, Russia invaded in the East simultaneously as part of the Warsaw Pact, their treaty. Remember, they had a treaty before Hitler. And the reason why Hitler broke it, most Americans don't know this, is because German spies very surreptitiously found out that the Russians were going to invade Germany. 
and Hitler beat them to the punch. Now, his management of Operation Barbarossa was not – could have been better. But at least I will say one thing for him. The guy's got balls. No Western leader ever invaded Russia, but Hitler did. You can say what you want, but it's amazing. And there's also that show, Europa, that's out, that's out there. Uh, a lot of people need to need yeah. to watch that. It's the, you know, it's called it's called the Last Battles on YouTube and other channels, BitChute, etc. But Catwoman, um, what other thoughts do you have tonight? Well, I, th- I think people just have to understand that this they've lied about everything. I mean, this is not the first time that they've changed facts about history. Uh, facts in quotation marks. Uh, you can go further back to the War of the Roses. Uh, I mean, the, the Tudors won that battle, and King Henry VII was, crowned himself on the battlefield. Um, so then the the king he was trying to supplant, King Richard III, um, he was painted as this you know deformed, evil monster that killed the two boys in the towers. Well, and they had these bones in the Westminster Cathedral, but they won't allow them to be carbon dated. Why not? I mean, they, they found two other sets of bones. Ones were bones of kids that were way too young, and then the other bones were animals. And then they, they found these bones, these ones, this, these bones are the princes in the tower. Well, why, why can't we take them out and, and uh, carbon date them to, to make sure that they're there? Why does William Shakespeare write a whole play painting Richard III to be an evil monster? Uh, maybe we need to, it, as as time, the 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 course of history does not change, but with modern technology, we're finding out and uncovering all these things. If we're willing to take a look at them, then we can see how slanted it becomes because the the victors do write the history books. So you you can look at any, right. anything in history that the, the Civil War, um, the Crusades, Constantine, Charlemagne. Um, have we been told the truth? I, I think that people know now that, hey, wait a minute, if they can lie about this, they can lie about other things too. That's right. Great call, Catwoman. Thanks for calling the show tonight as our VIP guest. Catwoman from Canada, folks. We appreciate you. Great, great call. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Vaughn. I'm, I'm honored. Oh, anytime. Thank you, Catwoman. Appreciate you. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Awesome. Bye-bye. Catwoman, great call. Love having her on the show. Uh, Fantastic. Um, Lots of history out out there. I can see both sides against the middle. Don't believe everything you read or you see on TV, folks. A lot of propaganda on all sides. It's out. Out, out there. Well, there's also Bolshevik Bernie who had this to say back during the I campaign. I can't win the nomination, the president, due to the Von Wehunt show. He keeps blocking my message, my communist message, for the American people. And that damn Wolf Studios, oy vey, those two are preventing me from setting up the Stalin re-education camps across the land. And I thought this land, my land, not your land or their land, from sea to shining sea, I tell ya. <laughs> Bolshevik Bernie. You know, his name is uh, BS for short. Just saying. Of all the gin joints in all the world, and she had to walk into the one I was occupying. 
I was sitting there listening to Vaughn on the radio, you know, the Vaughn Weehan show. Well, she came in and sat down, and I told the bartender, let's give her a drink. We're on a tab on my fare. She sat down, looked right at me. She was gorgeous. I took a drag off my lucky strike and blew it the other way. I sure as hell wasn't going to blow it in her face. She was amazing. I said, you mind, honey? I'm right in the middle of a show here listening to it. She said, no problem. She joined in. We listened to Von Weehan's show together. It was quite a time. Yes, it was. And with that, let's get to a call. I believe we have a call in Maine. Hello, you're live on the Von Weehan Show. What's your name? Hi, this Are you is there? I, can you hear me all right? Yeah, speak up a little bit, sir. Uh, can you hear me all right? What's your name? This is Mark. Mark? Mark. Mark, what's uh, you're calling from Maine? Uh, well, actually, New Hampshire. Recently moved. Nice area up there. Beautiful, man. Oh, it sure is. I was not expecting how gorgeous the mountains would be. I heard great things about that area, man. I got to get up there and check it out. Oh, absolutely, especially this time of year, because if you wait too long, then uh, it gets cold very fast and very icy. Yeah. Yeah, so New Hampshire, great state, man. So what are your thoughts tonight, Mark? Well, uh, any other day I would have called to throw in my two cents to this discussion, but tonight I was calling because, you know, I've listened to your show relatively new to it actually but from what i've heard you're pretty pro second amendment and so i was wanting to share a recent development that on the surface appears to be insignificant but um i think that this could actually have huge implications in the long run if there were enough of Mm -hmm. us who knew about it um Mm -hmm. anyway what i'm getting at I recently started a give, send, go for a young man about my age in the state. Um, So what I wanted to do was recite what I posted for his campaign and hopefully convince some listeners to chip in 20 or $30 to the cause. Now, I want to say up front that I'm not trying. You're the guy I'm talking to on a gab, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's me. Yeah. And like like I was saying, I don't want to make people think I'm trying to promote myself. I actually have it set up like it. nothing goes to me. I only set up the campaign. The funds actually go to this young man. But uh, anyway, I should also mention that normally I don't do anything that advocates any kind of system politics. Uh, you know, obviously, I can see at this point system politics don't work. It's just a waste of time. But I actually had a newfound hope when I saw the overturning of Roe v. Wade, even if, of course, Biden told SCOTUS right after, go screw yourself, because he just signed that executive order that basically nullified it. I don't know if that's actually going to, like, I don't know if the states that had those trigger laws are going to acknowledge that, but, you know, we'll see how that turns out. Um, But anyway, I'll stop rambling. This is what I have written on my Give, Send, Go. So on June 16th, 2022, 22-year-old Afghanistan veteran Kyle Morris was indicted by a federal grand jury and charged with possession of an unregistered machine gun 
to which he pled not guilty. He's currently awaiting trial scheduled for August 16th in Concord, New Hampshire. If found guilty, he could face up to 10 years in federal prison and or a fine up to $250,000. Now, mind you, there's no evidence that he had any intention of using it for an offensive or malicious purpose. Merely possessing one under the National Firearms Act is illegal. Now, he doesn't deserve any of this because the NFA is a completely unconstitutional law that should never have made it past the House. I mean, the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. In 1788, during the ratification convention in Virginia for the Constitution, George Mason said, quote, I ask, who are the militia? They consist now of the whole people, except for a few public officers. But I cannot say who the militia of the future day. If that paper on the table gets no alteration, the militia of the future may not consist of all classes, high and low and rich and poor, but they may be confined to the lower and middle classes of the people, granting exclusion to the higher classes of the people. If we should ever see that day, the most ignominious I don't know how to say that, punishments and heavy fines may be expected. Under the present government, all ranks of people are subject to militia duty. Any confusion after that as to who the militia is referring to, then you can refer to the words of Elbridge Gerry during the House debate on the Second Amendment in 1789, in which he said, quote, What, sir, is the use of a militia? It is to prevent the establishment of a standing army, the bane of liberty. I had to throw that in there because I know there's a lot of leftists out there who want to say that, oh, the Second Amendment's only referring to the militia, so it's just the government giving rights to itself. But as I demonstrated here, it could not be clearer that the militia is referring to civilian forces, whereas the standing army are the government forces as is written in the Federalist Papers. And the sole purpose of the militia is to keep the army in check. It was, the army was never intended to have greater firepower than the militia. And that's what makes the NFA unconstitutional. The government forces have unrestricted access to weapons that the militia, like Kyle, aren't allowed to have access to. And these tyrants are telling us that uh, they aren't breaking any laws by doing this because they're not trying to ban guns. That's what they always say. They say, oh, these gun laws aren't unconstitutional because no one's actually banning guns. Well, that's not how it's going to play out. Nobody's ever going to ban guns. They're just going to make them impossible for people like us to get. Um, right. But they certainly do infringe on our gun rights, and the Second Amendment says they shall not be fringed. It doesn't say – the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be banned. It says infringe, shall not be infringed. And that's what they've done with the NFA and with all the subsequent gun laws like the Firearm Owner Protection Act 1986, uh, the Assault Weapons Ban in 1994. Um, now, the NFA has only been challenged once in our history in United States versus Miller. And, of course, Miller didn't get off with that one because the weapon that he had in question was a sawed-off shotgun. 
and frankly, that's more dangerous to the handler than anybody else, and it's pretty much useless in actual combat. But this is a, what we're talking about with uh, Kyle here. He was possessing a machine gun, which is something that the, the Army uses on a daily basis. So it absolutely is a weapon that's protected by the Second Amendment. Now, the point that I'm trying to get at here is this is actually good news because uh, what we saw last month when they overturned Roe v. Wade is that judicial activism still can potentially work in our favor in certain scenarios. And since constitutionalists, even if they're pretty lukewarm, seem to have a majority in the Supreme Court now, there is a chance that if Kyle's case were to make it to Supreme Court, that they could actually overturn this law, potentially. So, you know, by chipping into this campaign, not only are you potentially sparing a young man life in jail, or at least his youth in jail, but this could potentially alter the discourse of gun control in America forever. So if anybody's interested, uh, the URL, I made it very easy to remember. It's just givesendgo.com slash Kyle Morris, one word, capital K, capital M. And, uh, you know, I've made my donation and uh, I just really want to help this young man because, you know, you know, I actually did some calculations. If just a thousand people donated $30, he would be able to take it to the court of appeals. And if 40,000 donated the same amount of money, then he could easily take it to Supreme Court. And I know there's more than that many people out there who want these laws repealed. I mean, um, Gun Owners of America has like, what, 2 million members, something along, along those lines. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's my rant. Mark, I like your rant. Very, very good. As I promised you some airtime on, on the show. And go ahead and give out that um, Gifts and Go website one more time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, GiveSendGo.com slash Kyle Morris, capital K, capital M. And Morris is M-O-R-R-I-S? That's right. Perfect. Okay, great. Tell us a bit about New Hampshire. And now you move. Yeah, go. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if anybody out there, like, they're not in any financial position to donate, then, you know, just give it a share on social media and just make sure that this gets as much as much eyes on it as possible, because this is something that's not really being covered by the news right now, except in a few local outlets. That's right. Or alternative radio stations like like ours. We're always happy to put those things out there around and above. And we'll go beneath the mainstream media around them. We outfly them, outmaneuver them. So great. We'll get it out there. And if you see these things out there, repost, get it out there far and wide. It's a very good deal there, Mark. Appreciate that. Now, tell us a bit about New Hampshire. You're up there. You moved there from Maine, right? I did. Um, this is actually where my, uh, grandfather grew up. Um, so it's pretty interesting seeing this area. Um, what nice I area noticed, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Oh, it certainly is. 
and I'm kind of I'm kind of getting used to how things work around here. One thing that's kind of nice is that uh, unlike in Maine, they don't have a sales tax when you use a a local grocery store, but mm-hmm. it pretty much balances out because the prices are higher here. So, you know. Wow. But other than that, people are just as friendly. Uh, the views are even more gorgeous. There's a lot of hikers, a lot of um, a lot of people on ATVs here as well. Uh, but it's overall cool. a gorgeous area, and I'm so glad that I moved here in the summer because uh, I can see there's plenty of good uh, summer activities around here. Nice. Now, what what city do you uh, live in there in New Hampshire? I mean, or Norm, town? You know, right outside of Berlin. Okay, gotcha. It's very, very nice. Now, um, are the trees changing color now, or about to? Oh no! Next month? No, no, no. I doubt yeah. they will. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But I heard that the uh, trees up there they uh, change in the fall. Really beautiful. What's the average price for a home in New Hampshire for my audience of? Um, young men and women that want to buy a property if they live on I'm way out here out west in the in the western territories of the USSA <laughs> up in New Hampshire you're on the east coast what's the average price of a home there say a three bedroom two bath uh 1500 square foot if anybody in my audience wants to move there and get settled in like like yourself you all know? right uh the average give me a guesstimate the home is around uh, not quite four hundred thousand, I'd say, at least from what I've been looking at on Zillow. I don't actually mm-hmm. own property yet. Okay, I love Zillow. I'm on there every single day, but uh, I haven't heard of New Hampshire being crazy expensive. Uh, but oh, you, it's, you it's do not have a crazy long... expensive. I mean, right. my wife grew up in New York City. It's nothing compared to that. Oh, yeah, New York is out just crazy. Uh, by the way, they are target number one in America for a nuclear attack. So you're in New Hampshire. You're far enough away. You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> we hope that never happens. We do not want any kind of a false flag attack on New York City or anything. But, you know, I will say a lot of crazy politicians come out of New York City. We all know that. Um, yeah, New Hampshire is yeah, beautiful. Way too many, way too many big Wall Street guys and politicians in New York. I think if there were a false flag, that would be one of the last places they would choose. New York and Los Angeles would probably be on the bottom. Well, actually, New York had the 9/11 thing. A lot of people have questions about that. You know, I mean, I don't even believe in the official story. You know, when the World Trade Center towers went down. No, seriously, New York City is the number one terrorist target in the world. It is. And they, in fact, the New York City just had a promo, a PSA that went out about in case nuclear, um, a nuclear bomb went off in New York City or if they got hit by a Russian missile or something. Seriously. It's all over Gab. You can go to my Gab page, Von Wien Show, and check it out. I have it there posted, I think, twice. Yeah, they came out with a PSA. It's really weird when the local government comes out with the PSA saying, if New York City is hit by a nuclear bomb, go inside and duck and cover, like I mentioned during my monologue. Just makes you wonder well, what they're thinking, you know? Yeah, well, it's not that 
surprising if you think about it, New York being a target for terrorist attacks when you consider that probably 80% of the Muslim refugees that we get are moving into New York. Absolutely, ma'am. Yeah, we had the uh, World Trade Center bombing before 9-11. A lot of people forget about the bombing. I believe it was 93 uh, where they got bombed there, and that was the first you know, shot across the bow, right? How long are the winters up there? I'd say about six, seven months, right? It's pretty cold up there in New Hampshire. Oh, it is. There, We sometimes get our biggest snowstorm in April, not even joking. I think the last of the <laughs> snow this year was actually in May. That's what I heard. Well, I but like snow. I love snow. I'm recently, a... though, Mm-hmm. I've been noticing recently the winters have been starting later, too. Okay. Hmm. Like, sometimes we go a whole Well, I'm Nordic, so I like that snow anything. and ice. Being the, uh, I'm half German. I, I am more German in me than most Germans do today, put it that way. My father was full-blooded <laughs> no German. No kidding. And um, so the other side of the family is Italian. And uh, a little... Uh, yeah, a little UK in there somewhere. But basically, um, I like the cold. I always go up to northern Arizona where we, thank God, we have two ski resorts and we've got snow up in Flagstaff. And I love to – I can't really I, – I need to go up there for a week next year. I've got a plan for a big ski trip. I'm a skier, and I want to go hike in the snow with my dogs. I want to get out there. I, I like the Nordic – I like the uh, fr- the fresh air, 7,000 feet of elevation, and you really get a good workout, and that's uh, awesome. So, um, oh, yeah. I the New Hampshire is going to – yeah, New Hampshire is probably Flagstaff on steroids, but at least we have Flagstaff, and we've got, like, <laughs> Sholo and northeast uh, <laughs> of Phoenix Scottsdale where we have, like, the White Mountain Ski Resort area, and the White Mountains are full of snow and pine everywhere, you know, and it looks it's like the Ponderosa. So you go up there, there's cabins everywhere. It's uh, feel like you're in Switzerland or something, you know. But all the jobs, all the money is in the Phoenix Scottsdale area where all the population is predominantly. But uh, up there in the northern part of Arizona, yeah, they get a lot of inclement weather. They get a lot of snow and ice and things, Flagstaff especially. I, I've been up there before during snowstorms. It's amazing. Because I always imagined Arizona as just being one big desert with some gulf yep. patches here and there. Yeah, that's now that is Nevada. <laughs> Nevada <laughs> is, except for again for the northern part. There's Mount. There's a. They have a. They have Mount Charleston north of Las Vegas, actually. But people don't know that the um, Arizona is what, the, is what they call a high desert, which means that people we have a lot of. Hills and valleys, peaks and valleys here. So our topography is really like that of, uh, well, they compare us often to Afghanistan, where we're an impregnable fortress. We've got high mountains, low valleys, like what you were saying. And, and so the, the basin, the half the state, if you draw a line through half of it down here where most of the people live, it's what you said. It's a high desert. It is palm trees, mountains. Uh, everything grows in Phoenix. My God, you pour water on anything, it grows. It's very lush and green here. Tucson's more deserty, a little more sandy, if you will. Um, but Phoenix Scottsdale, there's 
pine trees in town. There's all kinds of flora, fauna. Um, where I live especially is grass. As long as you put water on it, it'll, it'll, it loves the sunlight. It'll grow like crazy. So everything grows here. And then up north, if you go up the I-17, Flagstaff is about an mm, hour and a half to two hours north of me. You're, you're driving through the mountains like in a 1960s movie, you know. So you're, <laughs> you're going through those mountain passes. It's really, really, it's a great, great, great drive. And you get up there, you hit Sedona first. And 2,000 feet more, you up the mountain, there's Flagstaff. And uh, uh-huh. Sedona might get like a little drizzle of snow, but Flagstaff will get like feet of snow. And you go in the back of Flagstaff up by the mountain, is where the, that's where they have the Snowball or Ski Resort. Pretty cool. And there's and snow, the snow as far as the eye can see. Stays there for a long time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But well, yeah. It's up, up in Flag. You're seven thousand feet of elevation here in the valley where I live. It's about a thousand feet of elevation. See, so you're going up about six thousand feet of elevation, straight up the mountain. So you're really up there in Flagstaff. You're up there by the freaking jet stream, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. But Mark, glad you moved to New Hampshire. Beautiful state. I got to get up there one of these days and tool around. Can't wait. There's so many things I want to see in this country I haven't seen yet. But thanks for calling the show, man. We'll talk some more on Gab, and uh, hopefully you'll get some hits as well on that website, okay? Yeah, sounds great. Thanks so much. Thank you, Mark. Have a great night. Thanks for calling the show. Call back anytime. Thanks, buddy. That was Mark from New Hampshire. And... uh, like having a new caller on the show. We've been chatting on Gab. We have thousands of listeners out there. Like he said, he's been hearing the show for a long, long, long time, and we really do appreciate that. Stardate 2476.5. We've been here on the surface of the planet for a couple of days now with awaiting the Starfleet uh, fuel merchants to make it by so that we can update our fuel card and get fuel for the USS Enterprise. Spock has been working on the radio transmitter so that we can receive and understand messages. So far, we have received messages and radio waves that have given us a man called Von Weehunt, who is on the radio. Is that correct, Spock? That's totally logical, Captain. Thank you, Spock. Yes, uh, belabor the obvious. It's the Von Weehunt Show. It's on right now. So tune in, as we will be. Great. And with that, Captain's Log says, time to get to the gunslinger in Texas. Gunslinger, you're live on the show. How are you doing tonight, sir? Can you hear me? Are you Hello. there? Hello. I can hear you well. How are you doing, Gunslinger? Well, you know, it's it, well. one good thing about this heat is we got an inch and a quarter of rain today, 45 minutes. <laughs> so that's better than nothing. You know, much or way better than nothing. I don't think we've had any measurable rain in a month, really. <laughs> so. Right. Take all we yeah. can. Yeah. Well, uh, what you was talking about, uh, it was talking about that nuclear uh, alert that they went out in New York City or whatever. What they're going to they do did. here, okay, they're not going to hit New York. They're not going to hit it like the like they did back when the first nuclear and atomic bombs came out, like Nagasaki, okay? They're not going to hit that direct. They're going to do a high-altitude nuclear blast and it will create an EMP wave okay they want to take out the communication systems they want to take out Wall Street 
all the banking. You know it's all done by computers. Every damn thing in this country is ran by computers. Okay? So why destroy mm-hmm. a bunch of buildings when you can take out the entire city of New York electronically? That's right. Okay? That's that's the way that's the thing that that's the that's the new uh, way to you know, destroy things today is with that EMP. You know, I'm a retired master electrician, oh, yeah. electrical engineer. I know how that shit works. Okay, and it will last. Okay, it won't. It, it just won't be just a oh a quick oh yeah how you doing. This would last for years. It would take literally years, probably five, probably more than like ten years to reinstate everything because everything you use runs through that damn internet. Okay. Your phone, mm-hmm. banking, uh, your alarm systems, your medical information, your, you know, all this, you know, I've fallen and I can't get up. Well, it's all electronics. Okay. It goes through the air, goes through the internet. I mean, just a couple of years ago over, you know, where Fort Worth, Texas is, uh, oh, over yeah. there they had a major, they had a major fire in one of the AT&T, uh, uh, substations over there okay i'm 70 miles from that place it took my internet out okay wow just a fire just a simple little fire mm-hmm. in their server uh complexes over there and i'm 70 miles away from it and it took my freaking internet out so think about that wide wow. scale okay? wow yeah so you know they're not going to. It's it's a it's a completely new, different ball game today. Okay, they're not going yeah. to want to destroy the buildings because if you destroy the buildings, you create all that nuclear radiation and nobody wins anything. Because you would be able to live there for shit, what five thousand years or something like right. that. I mean, look at look at how, look how they did over at Nagasaki. Look at the people that died from the nuclear radiation and all that stuff. And it's still going on today. Still going on today, actually. So war the best hell. way is war as hell. <laughs> you got it. So the best way to do it is to burst one of them things, blow one of them things up, you know, thirty thousand, forty thousand feet up there, and it will just totally decimate that entire uh uh seaboard including New York State. Not just the city, it'll probably take out about five or six states, okay? Minimum. Minimum. With that Oh yeah. With the technology with the technology that they have today. And two, you was talking about the military, okay, earlier when you first came on there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Remember in World War One, World War Two, we had uh, boys sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old. Uh, lie about their age and get drafted or whatever, and they my dad was one of them. My dad was sixteen, yeah. lied about his age. Couldn't 16, he was yeah. too young for World War Two? He lied about yeah. his age in 1946 and he got into the U.S. Army Air Corps before he became the U.S. Air Force. That's yep. a fact. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he lied. A lot of men did. Yeah, a lot of men. Yeah, a lot of them did. And look how they stormed the beaches of Normandy. And all them, all them crazy places over there. Thank God I wasn't old enough to go over there. Um, but they bombs blowing up all over them, um, taking fully automatic machine gun fire. I mean, them them boys there had some balls. Let me tell you, okay, that they're heroes. There's no doubt about that. But it's when America was these- raw, America had had virile men that were ready to fight. Oh yeah, ready to fight. But but you compare now to Uvalde, Texas, down here. Okay, in South Texas, <laughs> about them cowards, 
They are freaking cowards. Did you see that that video that they released? My God. Okay. I saw it, baby. Over a, yeah, I saw it. Over an hour, these cowards stood there and did nothing. They had the rifles. They had the bulletproof vests. Them people in World War II over there didn't have any bulletproof vests, not that I know of, when they stormed them beaches. Okay? But they yeah, went if you were lucky, you had, you, you had what's called a flak jacket, if you were lucky. Yeah. Most yeah. of them were wearing yeah. cotton or canvas, and that's all yeah. you had for protection. Those bullets went right through you. Yeah, the, the yeah. Uvalde video is amazing, man. And I, that's, that's what I was saying during my monologue. If you join the police force today, and it really, it never is. It's always been this way. It's a dangerous job. You're not there to get a pension. I hate to say it, but you're not. The whole purpose of being a police officer is not to get a pension, not to look important with a badge or a nightstick or a gun. You know, yeah, you're probably going to retire, but there's always that chance that you could be shot. It's a dangerous right. job. You know, and so yeah. these, these I just cringe when I see these military people. They do the same thing. Well, I never knew we were going to go to war, gunslinger. I just joined the army and the navy or from the Marine Corps because I want to see the world and get my college education, and I want to get my yeah. pension. <laughs> You're joining the military. What what's the military's line of business? War. Go ahead, sir. War. Well, yeah, you're absolutely correct, you know, because like I said, I spent 20 years in the freaking trade, electrical trade. I dealt with something very dangerous, too, called electricity, okay? It can kill you just as Mm -hmm. dead as a bullet can, sometimes faster, okay? So, you know, I took the risk. I took the risk every day of working on this stuff, just like cops do. Yes, they have a very dangerous job, no doubt about it. I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. But they took an oath to protect people, to stand between us and the bad guys. That's what That's my point. Say. You signed up for that. Nobody drafted you. It's, a vol- it's an all-volunteer police force, and you signed up for that job. And Yeah, nobody, nobody uh, stuck a gun to your head and said, Vaughn, you're going to do this. Yes, you are. Nobody did that. Okay. Right. And you vol- it's an all-volunteer force. All volunteer, and we pay these people through taxes and all this good stuff to be the first one there to go in there and not run away from gunfire, but to run toward it to protect. That's right, teachers, kids. Okay, me, you. Okay, this is what these people are paid to do. That's what they're supposed to be training. That's what the, all this – supposedly they got all these great training and all this stuff. I don't know if you've seen that, that picture of that Uvalde SWAT team down there. I'm sure you have. These people look like they're military soldiers and everything, but they're cowards, okay, because did they save those children? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. So, what, you know, I don't care what, the, what their excuses are. They're cowards. They ran from the situation, and therefore all those children died. Go ahead. I agree, man. I'm laughing. Uh, not at you, but you're, you just nailed it. I put it in the chat room here. You said the Uvalde SWAT team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's kind of funny. That's an oxymoron, man. The Uvalde Texas SWAT team. Now, we have a lot of listeners in Texas. I have, yeah. We have a lot of police officers that listen to our show. The police officers mm-hmm. that are cool, oh, they signed up for a dangerous job. I respect Absolutely. the danger in the job. And you do, too. But 
am I, am I, but my point is, there's a new breed of police officer that's cropped up with the millennials or whoever. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have to be. They could be boomers. They could be whatever. But I've noticed this in many, many circumstances that they look for any reason not, not to go in harm's way. Oh, oh, I can't. Yep. We have rules of engagement. Oh, my supervisor wouldn't like that. Uh, the prosecutor, yeah. the mayor, said this and that. I better not. I better not lose my job. I, and, then, and then they'll turn the camera and go, well, I've got a wife and kids, and I've got, you know, a mortgage to pay. And I look at them and I go, dude, you signed up for one of the most – I, I applaud your, your, you signing up. But when you sign up for a dangerous job, that means you take on the danger of that job, too to earn your pay. It's not about you getting a pension. It's not about you putting your kids through college. I don't want you to be killed. I don't want you to make stupid mistakes. And I don't want you to get shot at by some demonic jackass shooting kids. But you guys should have bum-rushed that little punk and killed his ass. Bum-rush him. My God, you got a shield. You got, uh, you know, go in there, guns a-blazing, and just... You know, don't hit the kids, but blow him away to kingdom come. That's what the people want. But what got me was they stopped the parents. It's Look, if you don't want to yeah. do it, the parents wanted to. They were tased outside. They were arrested. They were berated, verbally berated, and threatened with jail. Can you imagine the horror of your kid being shot? Now, there are people who say the whole thing is fake and they're crisis actors and everything is – I don't believe everything is fake. That would be a very, very hard thing to fake completely. Okay. Uh, now, it could, have been, uh, it could have been other shooters. I mean, I don't want to speculate too much and go down that rabbit hole, but I'll just say that uh, I don't believe everything we're being told either by the media. Okay. So let's just say, for argument's sake, it was that one kid, the one shooter, and there was no collusion or whatever. Uh, but my thing is, look, no matter how you slice it or dice it, real people, I believe, did die. It's really hard to get all those parents to come out. And, you know, a lot of these people online, um, look, I'm just saying it's be really hard to pull that one off. Okay. Now, I know a lot of things they'll, they'll say are it's like a television. Everything is scripted. But um, that's, it's, 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 it's getting harder and harder, what I'm saying, to pull off these kind of things. So assuming it's real. Assuming everything is real, uh, the cops uh, did um, not do their job on that day, period. I'm sorry. They didn't do it. Call a spade a spade, America. They did not do it. That's right. Well, you know, you know? like I was saying, you know, there's uh, – don't get me wrong. There are good cops out there, okay? There are some of the best cops out there, okay? There's no doubt about that, okay? And they legitimately – want to do their job and that is to protect the to, to protect the citizen no doubt but when you are supposed to be trained specially trained i don't care where it is in the united states it doesn't matter okay you, you like i said you take this oath to sit there and defend the american people whatever it takes i mean i was looking at uh, the the sheriff down there in um, um in florida uh, judy grade i think his name is he said, we don't do that. We will go in there with everything that we have, and we will eliminate the target, whatever it costs, mm-hmm. okay, to them, to them, okay? And we will protect the children 100%. Now, 
they should have stormed that door, thrown in some smoke grenades or, or whatever it is. I'd rather have a choking kid on smoke than a dead kid, okay, any day of the week. That's right. And it, boom, 30 seconds, that should have been over with completely, and that son of a bitch has brains blown all over the, the wall, okay? That's why you should have been. That's right. 30 seconds, boom, done. But no, over an hour, my God, the blood of those children. Oh, dude, the video, they're, they're running up, this, up, up, up the hallway. They retreat and come back when they hear a gunfire. They're scared. Yeah, scared. I'm going, you're, you're not supposed to, what's this retreat crap? Storm the building, damn it. Storm the room. Do your effing yeah. job. Take yeah, that I, I demonic mean, killer out. Kill him. I'll be blunt. Do your fucking job. Or you know what? Right. Turn your badge and resign. Just do the honorable thing and say, I'm, look, it's okay. If you're not cut out for it, I get it. Just say, I'm not cut out for this. I'm going to be a truck driver. I'm not cut out for the force. I'm not cut out for these kinds of emergencies and crises. Uh, I'm not cut out for it. And you know what? That's the honorable thing to do. Just resign Absolutely. and move on. No one's going yeah, mean, to, you know, people are pissed, but you're better off doing it like that than there's another shooting. And I guarantee you this ever happens again uh, in Uvalde especially. They've got, uh, you know, a lot of egg on their face there. And oh. I hate to say it, but. You know, with these videos coming out, it's cringeworthy, dude. It's cringeworthy to watch that. Yeah, and you can hear the terrible. shots in the background. Yeah. It's just kids yeah. are being murdered and grown men with rifles. Like I said, there's a certain segment of the police force, not all. Don't be uber sensitive out there and write me all these stupid emails. That, you don't understand, Vaughn. It's a hard job. I know it's a hard job. I'm telling you. You don't tell me. I'm telling you. Mr. and Mrs. America, it's a very hard job. It's a very dangerous, and it can be a violent job. When you sign up for that job, do it or don't do it. Don't do it half-assed. I'm so sick of half-assed Americans doing things, half-assed thinking, half-assed actions. And it's not about your pension, your freaking pension. I always hear that. In the military, Mm -hmm. too. It's not about you seeing the world. It's It's about... You going toe-to-toe with Russia or China with fixed bayonets and killing the effing enemy before they can kill you or your squad or your brothers in arms. Like Patton said, you make the other dumb, poor son of a bitch die for his country. You don't die for yours. Make them die for their country. That's my attitude. But you're right, man. These look, these uh, makes my blood boil watching that stuff. It's so cringeworthy, Gunslinger. It's so bad. Here, here's the solution. Your thoughts. Here's, 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 a, here's a final solution here. During school or during school activities, there should be mandatory a police or a sheriff deputy's car, truck, SUV, whatever, parked outside. They should be have the shields. They should have the, the rifles. They, have, they should have everything that they need right there, sitting there, watching that school, not out there collecting revenue, okay? That's why they're called revenues, you know, going out there and writing you a ticket for five miles over the speed limit. Okay, let that son of a bitch go over there to that school, set his ass out there in that parking lot, okay, and have him ready just in case 
you never know. You never know where it's going to come from. Have the the principal and the and the assistant principal have them trained and have them armed. Okay. Have the janitor. My God, the janitor's all over the damn school every day of the week. Okay. They're, they're, well, there's a school anyway. All right. And final thing, have armored piercing shells. So in case some of these nutcases or have bo- uh, body armor, uh, armored piercing shell would go through them. Would you not agree? Go ahead. And I always, I do. And I would always say, I'll go even further. I'll say this. Um, a lot of these guys, if you notice, they don't cover their knees. Okay. If the guy's wearing body armor, just shoot his legs out from underneath him. When he falls on the ground, you walk over to him, you give him the coup de grace and blow his freaking brains out. Do not bring that school shooter home in front of Eli. We don't want them alive. We want them dead. You heard it from me. I want. I do not want to pay taxes to keep that piece of trash garbage alive for the next 60, 70 years. Shoot them dead. Give them what they deserve. We're going to look the other. We're not going to hold you accountable. We're going to look the other way as as a, as a society and say the cops did what they had to do. Close the books on it and move on. And only you and your squad members will know what really went down. But save those kids, save people. Be Captain America, for God's sakes. You want to be heroic? You want to wear a badge? I didn't sign up for that job. You did. So you be heroic. You be the hero. I won't be the hero, but by God, if you're that guy, I'll applaud you. I'll slap you on the back. Good job. You took out the risk. You took out the gunman. Good for you. And and another thing that, would, that needs to be done immediately, get rid of the gun-free zones. Okay? And ha, allow people... The gun-free zones are the most dangerous places in America, right. Gunslinger. That, that's right. And allow people to carry guns on school property. Okay? Hell, they carry them every place else. Okay? Just like real quick, the, the, the example up there in that Colorado. Remember when that nutcase went up there and shot up that theater? Okay, I mean it was packed like a right. sardine can. Okay, if three people, two people in that theater would have been able to be armed, even though the guy had had bulletproof vest on, uh, stood up and opened up on on that person, the impact, say the three fifty seven Magnum, okay, would have knocked the living breath out of that person. It would have knocked him to his knees. Then you could have jumped on him. Everybody else could have jumped on him. Okay, until the cops got there. Right. Held him down there until the cops got there. So, I mean, the thing, a little bitty piece of lead out of, well, that's what I carry is a 357, traveling at, what, 1,400 feet per second. When it hits you, you don't think it's going to knock the breath out of you? Give me a break. Go ahead. I always say if you can't get them in the head or the chest, knock out their kneecaps. Get them on the ground as fast as possible. And you come over, you finish the job if you have to. Gunslinger. Good talking right. to you, my friend. I like how you think, man. Have a great night. Appreciate it. All right. Later. Later on, great call from Gunslinger. Well, get an adult beverage here in a moment, and uh, we got some more calls that we're going to be taking, I guarantee it. This is Jim Rockford. If the tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you. Hey, Jimmy, it's your old buddy Angel calling you on the line there. And uh, I was about to sit down and, and do like we do every Thursday night and listen to this guy, Von Wee Hunt, on the radio. He's a, a 
good old fashioned uh, machismo, hard styled the uh, you know, mechanic of the airways, Jimmy. <laughs> but, but what I want to ask you first before I did that is is before I get into my popcorn here, I've got a game coming up, poker game. It's gonna be absolutely beautiful, beautiful scam. I got that city councilman showing up. We got oil shakes. We got other people, maybe pornographers showing up too. And I got a beautiful cover I'm gonna be using for this one, man. I just need two to to three thousand dollars to to use of this game for some, to buy in and then uh you know i'll get it back to you in like a, a couple weeks to maybe a couple months jimmy you think you could do that for me i'll be here listening to von we hunt show all right i'll wait for your call buddy i'll wait for your call love that well get an adult beverage i shall be right back i guarantee it Also said that nine to five jobs are comfort money. They give you just enough money to make it hard to leave. We all know, we all know that to be true, right? Then you buy a car, you eventually live your life, right? You buy a house, you have kids maybe, and then it's just too much risk to leave the job. It's called the golden handcuffs are on you, right? Next thing you know, you blink and you wake up to being age 60. This is the secret to life, but the big travesty of all that. And you look back on your life over 10, 20 years, and you realize, I forgot to tune in to the Von Wien Show. I missed several episodes. And then you realize, 
I've got to tune in every Thursday night. Yes, history will reflect what America began and collapses on the horizon, as many people think it is. But I would say that America began to immediately collapse as soon as it's had its first Marxist black president in Obama. That's a fact. The fact that the Biden administration is currently engaged in what many call ethnic cleansing against white Americans, quite literally replacing the majority population of this nation with wide open borders and compliant third world shoeless peasants who will guarantee, who are brought over to guarantee the Democrat Party a permanent majority in future victories, makes the great replacement a reality rather than just a mere theory. The Texas border is an international joke, and everyone knows it. Have you been watching the TV, watching the Texas border under assault? Biden, along with Obama, his predecessors, keeps bringing the militant third world to America's doorstep, Trump included. And this trajectory is unsustainable, and no nation has ever survived with this much legal and illegal immigration as both are destructive right now to the nation. We are not getting the best and brightest of Europe as we once did. We're not getting the tech people of World War II, these scientists. We're not even getting the great merchants, the great visionaries. We're getting the refuse and the garbage predominantly in the third world. We do not have a population problem in the United States right now. Contrarily, we have too many of the wrong people inside this country, and that is why we have so many social ills and evils to contend with. We would love it if everyone that came over was hardworking, paid their taxes, did their due diligence. You know, if, 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 if they're going to be coming in, we at least want that. We can't even get that. We're getting the garbage of the world. They're dumping it on our shores. And you can't call the United States a country either. It has no real borders. Think about it. We are then just a faceless bitch corporation in legal entity offered to the highest bidder and or trader, depending on how you look at it, where the low-wage serfs come to work. That's what America has descended to, a place where the low-wage, third-world serfs and peasants come to work. How wonderful is that? This may have been their plan all along. That's what I've told you before. Stay prepared, America. This is far, far from over. And also, it's America first, not Ukraine first. Never forget that, America. Well, Let's get to uh, Lincoln and Flyover Country. Then we'll get to the Irish Pirate. We had a few calls that dropped off, but um, they might come back. We're in overtime right now. Officially, it sounds like this.
Power Country. Lincoln, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? Hey, doing well, man. Doing good tonight. Big show, lots of uh, interesting stuff flying around. What are your thoughts tonight, man? And good talking to well, you on your Telegram I, channel the other night. Well, yeah, man, I really wish you'd come in there more often, man. We love having you in there. There's other people that are always like, man, I miss Vaughn. I wish I'd, I wish I'd known Vaughn was there. I came, you know, people are like, oh, I want to be in there. Tell me when Vaughn's in there so we can come on. And, you know, it's it's usually late at night or something, and people are asleep <laughs> yeah. or whatnot. And they're like, damn it, I miss Vaughn. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I come on there about midnight, don't I? About 11.30 midnight on my erratic sleep schedule. I'll be wired, and I go, let's go to Lincoln's channel and chat. I know you're like me. You're always up at the wee hours of the morning. So I go, I, I, and it, it never fails, man. Whenever I go there, you're on the chat line. You're amazing. You and Kat are on there. <laughs> Uh, we're always in there. We always have some others too, like uh, Stefano, who you met, the the great guy from yeah. uh, that you can tell is a very Italian great guy. King Wolf from Denmark, or we got some British people in there. We got oh, the European housewife is is part of that chat. Uh, you know, there's people from well, yeah, it's, she's it's awesome. Such a, you know, it's it's a great uh, it's it's a great white chat. <laughs> it is, it is, and. Um... It's a, there's a lot of interesting stuff. That Stefano guy, uh, which we were talking to on your Telegram, was you know, I'll tell the audience, he lives in downtown L.A. And for those of you who know Los Angeles as I do, uh, downtown L.A. is a degenerate cesspool. He is an, a white Italian guy. And to be blunt, he's just surrounded. Okay. And I told him that. He goes, yes. He goes, you know. I go, oh, I know. Because uh, I grew up there a lot as a kid. We lived in Anaheim when I was a youngster. My aunt was in Long Beach. So we went all over Los Angeles as a kid and Orange County to add an uncle there in Tustin by Santa Ana and Irvine. And so I know the area very well. I go out to California a few times every year. But I know downtown L.A., man, is just a, oh, my God, terrible. And by the way, during the show tonight, I want to tell everybody it's storming in Arizona. I hear thunder and lightning. Thor is loving the show tonight with his weather display. You can hear it through the studio walls. Powerful thunder coming through here. We don't get many thunderstorms here, but when we do, they're amazing. But, yeah, Stefano is uh, – well, I told him you better get – you know? <laughs> Crazy. Well, is, is that is – that- is that is that Thor banging his hammer, or is that Valiant Thor telling you that he's saving America right now behind the scenes? <laughs> well, according to the Qtars, it's Valiant Thor who's coming down from the heavens to save America. I prefer I don't believe in that uh, fiction by by Q. I mean, I keep getting these people on Gab and elsewhere that keep forwarding uh, Q going boom, right? Real cryptic boom. It's just crap. Oh, it's not. It's, it's, not, it's, it's so. It's not even just stupid. boom. It's like it's not even just boom. It's it's B Q Q Q Q Q M within like a little explosion right. behind it. Yeah, exactly. It was a little yeah, it was a little fag explosion or a little uh, his little emoji. Yeah, it's B Q Q M or something. I'm going. Oh God. There's no boom. There's no plan. There is no. 
it's all it's all a bunch of BS rubbish. Follow the plan. Okay, what effing plan? There is no plan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean Lincoln. It's it's so it's so bad. It's funny. I mean, it really is. It's so stupid, <laughs> and people still believe it. There's there's a plan. Uh, Trump's going to get reinstalled as president. Valiant Thor is going to come down. Uh, the latest one I heard again was uh, JFK Jr. is going to be on the ticket again. That's back. I go, oh, great. <laughs> yep. He's he's dead in the ground. He's coming back from the dead as a zombie to be on Trump's thing. And uh, Trump has orchestrated the Biden presidency to uh, catch them in the act, to catch their hands in the cookie jar of our democracy. He's exposing them. <laughs> <laughs> he's exposing them he's for what they them. really are. <laughs> And then my my favorite ones, Lincoln, are the ones that people go, Fun, don't you get it? Haven't you read the news? Like they're they're lecturing me, going, Man, you're you, I thought you were on top of all this stuff. Don't you know Trump's got, got everything planned and they're dead serious. And then I realize I'm talking to a moron. And I go, Yeah, yeah, Trump's got it all planned out. Yep, yep, he's gonna He's going to rise in his rocket ship from Mar-a-Lago. He's going to dock at the International Space Station, meet Valiant Thor. They're going to come back down to their spaceship. They're going to land in the Pacific. Our aircraft carrier, Valiant Military, will pick them up. They're going to sail into, uh, you know, the L.A. ports and take over America and, and put Biden in chains. Yep, that's all going to happen. Yep. What the F are they smoking? Jeez. I was in a I was in a conservative telegram like this ridiculous conservative telegram chat the other day. This was like I should have brought that up when we were talking on telegram. This is like a four or five days ago. Well, no, actually it was probably two days ago. Hell, it may have been the same night we were talking. Anyway, I was in a it was during the day after work before I got settled in for the night. And I've been there occasionally just to mess with people. Um, <laughs> And uh, this person was all about Trump, Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump, and Q, 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 and uh, how JFK was in the audience when Trump gave his his last little thing in Anchorage, Alaska. Did you see that speech that he gave in Anchorage, Alaska? Yeah, yeah. I heard so about I, I that. I responded yeah. and said, "Oh, well, did JFK Jr. like the part where Trump, where Trump was back into his normal thing, like?" Uh, being a salesman for the Jewish vaccine poison, uh, did JFK Jr. <laughs> like that part of his speech? And they 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 banned me. They they blocked me so they can't hear me anymore because I asked about that question. If JFK Jr. was a fan of him selling the, the Jewish poison, <laughs> how dare you bring that? Oh my God! Yeah, the house com- comes down. Oh, what I what I love to you on the Q tar stuff is they. They what have the a... fuck is wrong with Trump? Does he not? Does he not know his base? Why the fuck is this? Is Trump's biggest weakness is he can't admit he's wrong. He's got a double down, triple down, quadruple down, quintuplet down on this fucking vaccine, which his his supporters don't want, and he still can't stop selling that shit. I know. I know. Well, my best advice to people, and I tell them. There is a real Donald Trump thing on Gab, and on, and so when you see the real Donald, and you can go Google him tonight, and you can go pull it up on Gab, email him, send him a message, tell him, because if he doesn't hear from anybody, he's going to think he's 
you know, right. I tell you, well, go, go, go send him a message. Why not? You have a right to. He's not God. Well, you know, well, he can I take messages. To, I, mean, I have to correct you on that one. I have to correct you on that one, Vaughn. Do you follow Andrew mm-hmm. Torba, who, who owns the Gap? Do you follow him on, yep. on Telegram and other platforms? Okay, well, yeah. according to Andrew Torber, who owns Gab, you can literally look this up. You can literally you – it's probably on, on YouTube. I, I know you can find it other – you can find it on Telegram all day. But Donald Trump himself, that's not his page. Andrew Torba does Trump a favor and takes whatever Trump says on, like, social truth and Trump's platform, and he just copies and pastes it and posts it into the real Donald Trump page on Gab. Right. Trump himself I'm aware of that. refuses to be on Gab. Trump himself refuses to be on Gab because Gab won't ban anti-Semitic speech. Right, I'm aware of that, but I do know. Right, you know, you're right, and I and, and I did and I did know that. But what I'm saying is, Trump also, everyone knows, and Trump has said himself that he reads all postings, especially to his wherever he posts it. And in other words, he has a way of going in the back door and reading comments. So I'm saying if you want to reach Trump, if you go to wherever he's at on multiple platforms, he'll eventually read it. He will read it because he's big on he is a big social media guy. And he'll never admit it, but he'll read it. And I'm saying if enough people shout out to him, he's gonna hear it. He's gonna hear it. I I guarantee you. Because he He's a, a voracious reader of social media, and he was when he was president. Oh, sure. That's had, why the the hearings talked about that. How he he read social media in between meetings, uh, the uh, the meetings there with his higher ups. You know, even before January the sixth, he was reading comments on all on all kinds of platforms. So yeah, he's a big he's a big reader. Uh, but again, you're right. I mean, in 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 the sense of I I realize that's not his his real account. I have heard of Andrew Torba doing that, but my, you know, I also know Trump. I know Trump loves to know what people think and say about him. He loves to know because in his mind, he's almost getting like the enemies list ready, you know, friend or foe. And uh, I wish Trump well. I've always told, I, I, I voted for Trump twice. Most of my audience has voted for Trump. I think we all voted for Trump at least once. Um, I wish him well. I think he's getting a bad rap by Congress and, I promote him where he's right. Uh, but, yeah, I don't like his vaccine thing. I've mentioned that before. Uh, I don't like everything he's done. Uh, I, you know, I have a right as an American citizen to critique any president. And if I think they're out of line with, or out of lockstep, if you will, with Americans, I'll call them out. I don't care who they are. So I'm not blinded but they, but they, by they, they, the – Yeah. He probably, I'm sure he, I'm, he's a hero, right? He is a big social media guy for sure. He probably has some staffer follow that page or something. You know, he, he'll he of course he does. text that page just to see the comments or whatnot. I'm sure he does that. But how gay is that? That this this guy that talks so much about free speech and bitches about you know big tech censorship refuses to be on a tech platform because. They allow you to question Israel or, or say the word Jew on there, so he refuses to be a part of it. Like, how gay is that? That's stupid. You're okay, Mister Free Speech. Right. Well, I always say free free speech is in the eye of the uh, is in the eye of the beholder, right? And free speech doesn't mean uh, bashing Israel to some people. And you know, let's be honest. I mean, you know, like I said, Trump 
this is what I tell people, Lincoln, when I, this is my best way to answer that. And this really is true. Don't forget, Trump went into the political arena. And the Jews, let's talk about them for a minute. They cut lots of checks, cash, big checks, yeah, to the Republican uh, Party, to the RNC, to Trump. In fact, Trump made no – he made lots of mention of it. A lot of his big, big donors were those New York Jews that helped him out in business and this and that. Uh, you know, on the street they call New York Jew York, to be as we both know. Uh, that's a big population of Jews there, and they support. And there's a lot of Republican Jews, and I'm very objective about them. And but my point is, until other segments of the population have the wherewithal to cut big checks on a consistent level, no one's going to listen to us, or listen to you, or listen to me, or anybody else. Uh, they don't care about our five dollar donation. Oh, they like it, but. My point is, if we're not cutting big $100,000 checks, that's why, that's how they buy their, their influence, too. The uh, Jews in New York, didn't Trump bring in lots of rabbis and his, his daughter married a Jew? Oh, He's yeah. basically what I call Everyone a, a New York Zionist Jew who has Christian roots. He's what I call, uh, here's a word for it, um, but basically, he basically is, you know, he's, look, he's, He's bought into that lifestyle, and he almost has to be because think about it. If you're in New York and you want to be in business like Trump did, you have to deal with the mafia. You have to deal with the Jews, the Russian mafia. You have to deal with all kinds of ethnic people that you're surrounded by a man, okay? So there aren't a lot of white Christians in New York City, let's just be honest, right? Wink, wink, nod, nod. So Trump knew that going in. His dad was a real state guy. Look, that's your, I always say, as in Rome, do as the Romans do. And you have to, to a certain extent. Trump doesn't live in flyover country. Trump his whole life has stayed in the Washington Power Corridor, which I've always said from New York to D.C. And those people never want to leave the Washington, D.C. Power Corridor. That's where all the money and power is. They like money and power. And they grew up in that, and that's what they want. So that whole corridor, though, is full of mafiosos and Jews and, and those kinds of organizations. APAC is there. All the foreign lobbyists are there. We can go on and on and on. But that's why he does what he does. Yeah, so he's never going to um, talk about white America. He takes them for granted. And, again, I'm just being objective. That's what I've seen Trump do. But he'll bring up. You know, as a Washington Beltway guy, he'll trip over himself to talk about minorities and low black unemployment and things like that. He'll bring up the vaccine because the vaccine, which you mentioned, is really being pushed by the Washington Power Corridor, right? That's where Fauci lives. That's where all those government doctors live. And they all go to the same parties, man. They intermarry, well, it doesn't you really, know? It doesn't really yeah. hurt that uh, every single one of those companies, whether it be Moderna or Pfizer, every single one of those companies, every single vaccine company is literally owned by a Jew who donates massive amounts of money to politicians. And those politicians are, are, have invested heavily into the stocks of those companies. It's all a big money scam, man. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I'm agreeing with you. It is a big money scam. They buy stock in those companies. They use their pulpits to, to push their crap on us. And Trump is right in there with them. 
I, yeah, I totally. That's Use the one yourself. thing that. That's right. That's was exactly. You made my point for me. It's what they do. They 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 come up there. They get some kind of a position, bully pulpit. They put out their wares, and then they buy the stock behind the scenes quietly. They invest in Moderna and Pfizer, and you know it's it's just a known fact. And they 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 they, they want to push the vaccine, and they want to make millions of money in the stock market. That's how they become a billionaire. Sure. They don't care if people die and fly over country. They don't care if people have medical problems. They don't care. I don't think they care, put it that way. They might, but I doubt it. And I also believe that whenever they're given that on TV, it's a placebo. I don't believe Trump ever took the real vaccine in the, in, when he went, when he had COVID, allegedly, for two weeks. I don't believe he had COVID, and I don't believe he took the vaccine. It's my own personal opinion. I just... That was, that was a very fishy story. He did that, in my view, to deflect the press, to get them off his back. I think he did it to sell it. Right, to sell it, to see how, how right, to see how wonderful. See, he went, I'm cured in two weeks because I took the vaccine. You should take it too. That's exactly it. But also the press was saying, I used you to should take the – Right. I used, to be, I used to be a car salesman for a living – I'd drive some 1992, uh, you know, Chevy Equinox and some some beat down pile of shit and talk about how great it was. If I if that would help me sell it and make money. Sure, sure. And look, I always say this: you're never going to get everything you want out of a president. I personally like Trump. I wish him well. I don't like his vaccine stance at all. I think he's been given terrible advice, but it could be just a money thing. Either way, no matter how you slice it or dice it, I don't like it. Uh, but, again, Biden's doing the same thing. Every other president has been, has been doing the same thing. So we got a little more out of Trump, I think, in four years. We had a great economy. The border was secure under a Trump, much more secure than it is today. Um, he, I also like the idea that he was sort of the – Aryan male guy, supposedly, quote-unquote, that, that the media hated. So it was great to see the media have fits and hissy fits about Trump every day. That was just entertaining for me to watch because <laughs> everyone hates them anyway. But, again, he didn't do everything I liked. But, uh, look, it is what it is. He may run again. He may not. But uh, I get you, man. I mean, I, like, it's all a big money scam up there. And they scam us to make profits for themselves. Simple as that. Go ahead, man. Um, you're 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 kind of breaking up, Lincoln. Still uh, there? What happened during World War Two? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. During World War Two, what did you have happen? You had capitalists and communists unite and fight side by side uh, on behalf of a certain group of people against a person who was against both of those. Modern day, fast forward until today, what do you have? You have the the, the biggest donor to the Republican Party, Sheldon Adelson, a Jew, and you have the biggest contributor to the Democrat Party, George Soros. You know, you have a capitalist and a communist that together work together to squash anything that's even slightly dissident, that doesn't just go with the mainstream. 
uh, you can kind of correlate those two things together. It's literally two sides of the same coin that are just all working together, capitalist, communist, push bullshit on us, Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. I agree. I mean, whenever – I totally agree. When, when, whenever another party or, God forbid, you know, the nationalist in America is a dirty word, right, Lincoln? Oh, I can't believe you're a nationalist. That's true. They whisper, oh, my God. That's how they it. Are you, are you really they a white nationalist? nationalist. Or, they hate it. Right, but they, that, that, that in America, in our, in our media, everybody, oh, no, I'm not a nationalist. They disavow it on, you know, these talk shows. But, you know, what I find so funny is they'll say, isn't nationalism in Ukraine great? Let's give them $40 more billion this, this, this week. Isn't nationalism in Russia great, people will say? Putin runs that country like a, you know, at least before the war, like a, like a tight-knit machine, you know? Isn't nationalism great in other countries, but never in America? Never in America. Nationalism is great like foreign aid for other people, other countries. But they never want nationalism to take root in America. And, and I agree with you. Our two parties are in lockstep against that. Well, that always say like, uh, I'm solid red, blah, blah, and they love Israel. Immigrate in order to become an Israeli citizen, to move to Israel and become an Israeli citizen, have a DHS there. Yeah, yeah. With Israel, they always, they always, the our our immediate is always is singing the praises of nationalism in 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 Israel. They have a common language. They have strong borders. They have a common people, common faith and religion. They just clap like seals. Oh, is that wonderful? They don't want that in America. They then they get back on their private jets. They fly back to the Washington Beltway corridor. They get in front of the news cameras in D.C. in front of the White House or maybe on Wall Street in front of their big news desk. And they go, the evils of white nationalism in America are terrible. They should be hunted down and killed, more, more or less. Oh, they can't stand it over here, but it's great overseas. It's great for Ukraine. Great for Japan has nationalism. China has nationalism. Israel has nationalism. But they don't want it taken root in America. That's why every news story is negative. A hundred percent. There isn't one positive news story of nationalism in America. Not one. Name me one. I tell you, there's not one. Everyone draws a blank. Well, they go, come to think of it, I've never, I go, that's right. You'll never read one positive in America. Why? We don't control the presses. We don't control the media. Whoever controls the media has a lot of power. Not the not all the power, but they have a lot of power. So that's a big hurdle both parties, that the nationalists in America need to overcome. And both parties are guilty. Both parties are complicit. Absolutely. Because the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, will hold hands and walk side by side in destroying any kind of nationalist party. And they'll both, whether it be through Fox Jews or, or CNN or whatever – They'll use their Jugend press to do their bidding for them, to destroy any kind That's of right. new thing that you know arises. 
That Lugenpressa. I know, I know. Lincoln, thanks for the call, man. We'll talk some more on Telegram and on this show. You know it, buddy. Have a great night. Yeah, come on anytime, brother. People, there's a lot of people that are always looking forward to talking to you there, brother. Come on anytime. I'm going to, man. I'm going to make it more more part of my schedule. Love that Telegram. Awesome. Thanks, Lincoln. Have a good I night, can't brother. wait to get back on there. Good night, good night, Lincoln. Hell for victory, man. And uh, I we Irish Pirates been holding. We got a couple minutes here. I know it's not enough time time for you, my friend. We don't have time for a an Irish Pirate dissertation tonight. But what I want you to do, Irish, on this call is I want you to give us three minutes of how America can become better as a nation. Go. And good. And right. I'm glad you're on the show. We'll do that. Thank you. Uh, best way America can, can be, uh, become better is we're going to have to realize that if you want to do something, you have to take it into your own hands. We have been listening to I, – I think my last five – phone calls to this show have all been the topic is something is fake. So it's something you believe mm-hmm. all your life. The last one was there are no viruses. They never isolated one. They keep saying they're too small, yet they tell you what all these things do, and they do things that are unheard of with other bacterial and other organisms. And you, we should have gotten a hint from that. And we're learning the same thing from Oh, we learned the same thing from government could do wonderful things, right? Uh, they keep telling us that we want a democracy. They keep telling us that we uh, would like to have, uh, if we could centralize money. I mean, somebody earlier was talking about uh, actual socialism working. The only place it works in the United States is in things like fire departments. That, you know, they, they really mm-hmm. don't have budgets. They just give more money when they need it. So you want to actually exactly. get America to be true? You have to know exactly what your rights are. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to think like I do. That's, that's not fair. That's not right. I wouldn't want that. I want open public discourse about what's right and what's wrong and the best way to solve it. But the only way to have that is to have intelligent, informed. We don't have that. Our populace has been dumbed down. I hate to admit that, but they are. And yes. certainly they're not being taught anything. And so... What I was going to do and what I'll hopefully get to do next is I was going to give you another fake. <laughs> I'll save it because it has a surprise twist to it. But I was going to talk because uh, earlier Kat brought up uh, the writings of William Shakespeare. And I got yes. news for you. I, I'm going to give you uh, a dissertation next time, not this time, that uh, William Shakespeare was fake. That would be a good one. I want – yes, people- we need not – Next show, next show, and we have show. more time. And so, yeah, so America, you need to know these types of things. You need to know that an election, if your, if your state is not in charge of the election, it's fake. You need to know that if you go to a courtroom and it's a jury trial, that's fake. Trial by jury is what it says in the Constitution. Okay. There's fake all over the place. You just need to know what your civics are. And slowly but surely, every opportunity people have gotten, now we know the medical industry has been absolutely fake since maybe even the 1800s. You know, definitely around the time that uh, we learned that evolution was fake, which was the 1800s. Um, Yeah. Well, and immediately, for example, we started teaching evolution in the 1900s in America. And within three years, our unwed mothers tripled. 
I mean, mm-hmm. once we learned things about our bodies, yeah, now those same women who don't know about how the planet was created and how babies, where they come from or anything like that, are suddenly saying, I want to choose what happens to my body. And answer, get some information. Shouldn't you get a license to choose what happens to your body if that's true? I mean, if, if the government's supposed yes. to be so strong, yeah, you should need a license to be able to abort that you need to know exactly where a child comes from, what are the reasons to abort, and whether or not you can do that. Otherwise, we'd have to go the other way around and have a license just to be able to have children, which would be nice. But I figure once you get into the situation where you can make a child, I, I think you've kind of already volunteered for that. So I think it would be the well, other way around. Well, is that called a marriage <laughs> license? <laughs> well, is that called a marriage license? Take two. If you think about a marriage license, is fake, too. I could get into that later on. Yes. But uh, um, I can tell you that I did have – I know of a couple in, that was living in Arizona. They don't now. But when they got divorced, they asked the judge, uh, we have a special request. We know that if we ask – if I ask to, uh, that, to have alimony included in the divorce settlement, he said, I want to pay that directly to my ex-wife. I do not want the state – to be presiding over that payment. I just promised to make the payment and she can approach the court herself if she has an issue. And that we, you know, there won't mm-hmm. be any Arizona anything. He says, because I don't want to give 7% to the state of Arizona like all the other alimonies. But we've right. agreed we don't want Arizona to have that 7%. My ex-wife deserves it. I'm going to give it to her. And the, the judge actually had stopped everything. He said, I got to go into chambers for this one. This is wild. And he went back into chambers, and he looked, and, and he said, look, I don't see anything in there where anybody's ever requested anything like that. I don't see any laws that say you can't do that. So you're the only couple in Arizona now that doesn't have the 7% going to the state. <laughs> and it was simple yeah. as that. People yeah. just asked for what they needed, and this is what's missing. When I've, when I've debated things like same-sex marriage in college, things like that, it's like, mm-hmm. what are the writings from the gay people that supposedly need same-sex marriage so badly? I can't find anything that supports their position <laughs> from their point of view. They just say, how come you guys have it away and we can't do it the way you do it? It's like, well, if you wrote it in such a fashion that you didn't tear the thing apart from what I get from being a heterosexual parent, which, you know, mine comes from eight, 700 A.D. Augustinian principles, you know, and some things before that. And, and then, of course, you know, later on, Magna Carta and whatnot. So the important thing is, like, just don't tear down what you have to pretend that to want something supposedly more important. World wars cause right. bankruptcy. World wars, you have to stop what you're doing to produce what you're making. You will go – your country has to go bankrupt. It has to. That's right. The first world war we got into, we went bankrupt. That's, and that, so that's right. So that's where the 1933 stuff came out. And I think I remember we were talking earlier about uh, Eugene Schroeder came out and said that, you know, they changed the uh, Trading with the Enemy Act to uh, the American people in, 19, in 1933 because of that. That, you know, mm-hmm. the enemy in 1917 was everybody we were fighting. Well, suddenly the American government said it was the American people. That came out of my last call. And uh, I did work with Dr. Schroeder. I mean, it's not like she, that's, it's one of those things. I, was, I, was part, I wasn't part of his original dissertation or anything, but when he came to Nevada and we were trying to do something about it, mm-hmm. is young. Yeah. Right, so, right. And I'm going to be trying to give you more things like that where I was involved in things because um, the, the situation is too late. It's getting too dire. And there are too many things that have been hoodwinking. And by the way, does the Bible actually say yes or no that 
uh, the entire world can be deceived, you know, on a subject. Can everybody be yes, wrong? Yes, they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. They can. And so, Irish, yeah, we'll have so to love... uh, talk about that stuff on a different show, and we have a lot more time. Yeah. We can go into Americans rabbit holes have... later, and I know they're lengthy, okay. and I know you've thought nope. them out. Yep. But we just are pressed for time, okay. my so friend. One, in one sentence, we'll Americans talk to you next week. One more point. Things. Yeah, the yeah. Americans are being duped on a lot of things. Whatever it is you care the most about, you're going to have to start researching it yourself. Don't take anybody's opinion for it until you can get everything cited and understand that that's an original argument, that that actually works because people are actually using it, for example, in a court of law or whatever. Americans need to stop being duped by saying, well, Obama did this, so therefore he made an executive order, for example. That doesn't make it law. It just means that it's going to be executed by the president. So Americans, if you care about something, I don't care if it's trees. I don't care if it's uh, free elections. I mean, that's one I'm into. But the important thing is you've got to really bear hug it. You've got to really be passionate for it. Because right now, if you're not passionate for it, you're going to lose it. End of story. Well said, Irish. Hey, we will talk more. You know that, buddy. Have a great night from your stronghold, wherever you are, in your secret location there in Phoenix. Irish Pirate, folks, talking on the show. Now, I will end the show with this. We're in some serious overtime tonight, but I, as your host, I provide for overtime because we need to get some good in, some good intel out to the American people. Why, God? One guy called the show and said, we have a country to save on. And I go, yes, sir, you're right. You're right. And by the way, our Alaska friends, uh, we need to hear from you guys uh, soon up there in Alaska. I'm going to bring up Alaska on the next show, and it's going to blow your mind what the intel I've got about Alaska. So stay tuned for that. Yes, we are far more powerful than we even realize, Mr. and Mrs. America. Anybody who says that one man alone can't make a difference is lying. The big story this week among many, the assassination of the Japanese prime minister. The Chinese are celebrating his demise. He was a Trump of Japan. I believe that that assassin could have been a rogue CCP-trained assassin of some sort. The tech to build the homemade shotgun looks very cloak and dagger in my book. And the CCP intelligence services probably helped him make it, in my view. There are many questions in life. We will see if our show can assist, can break down the intel. I know we can. I know we have the right stuff. We have the right people. We have the right technology. We're so glad you're here tonight. I could talk for hours and hours. Stay tuned for any emergency broadcast. Those of you who are regular callers, I may text you for an emergency broadcast if anything big happens. My intel tells me that 9-11, another 9-11 may be coming our way. God forbid, hope not, but uh, stay tuned, folks. We love you all. My mountain stronghold broadcasting in the mountains deep in Arizona, I thank you all. Stay tuned. Be prepared. God bless. I shall be back. I guarantee it. Good night. Mm-hmm.